0: I've had a thought. There haven't haven't been like any obvious names for this episode yet. We might might have to call it like Mike Pro, the episode. Mike Pro, yeah. Yeah,
1: Mike Pro. Mike Pro. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're going to go for, yeah?
2: Welcome to the Blue Ink Show, episode 11. I'm your host, Jack Taylor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lex McCohen. Say hi, Lex McCohen.
0: Hi, Lex McCohen.
2: Hi, Lex McCohen. And today we're finally joined by a special guest. Today with us, we have Michael W. Bell. Say hi, Michael W. Bell. Hi, Michael W. Bell. How are you doing? Very well, very well. Good to finally be here. Yeah, man. Wanted you on for ages. Finally got you on. Um, Introduce yourself, Mike. Who are you? What do you do?
1: So, my name is Mike, um, or well, once people get to know me, my name's Mike. Michael W. Bell, I suppose, is my uh, composer professional uh, name. Um, I toy around with a whole bunch of audio stuff, um, write music for trailers and films and pitch all over the place. Um, I've been an Apple user for a very, very long time, um, which I guess is probably why you guys got me on the show. Um, (laughs) um, So, yeah... um, Pretty much just think bit a tink- bit of a techie guy, uh, quite a nerdy guy. I like all my tech. Um I think that's kind of I think if you're working with anything to do with kind of music production or or um you know anything in that kind of in that kind of field of audio field, you've got to be a bit a bit techy, a bit nerdy, it kinda of comes with the uh with the territory. So that's always two things that go hand in hand very well for me. Um so yeah, I just uh think it'd be interesting to come on here and speak all things tech and all things Apple with you guys
2: that's the plan and we are also wanting to hear all about your uh, current desktop Mac which is a 2013 Mac Pro uh, is. so you're kind of like um you're like a holy person to us because you, you actually <laughs> own and touch one on a regular basis because <laughs> um, we, we we lust over Mac Pros um, so we'll get all <laughs> we'll onto do. that We'll get to the amazing, wonderful mic segment later on. Uh, but first, we're going to actually open the show with our new segment, as suggested by Lex last episode, and it's called the uh, Blue Ink Fix It segment. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about stuff we fix.
0: Or at least stuff we try to fix and hopefully don't make worse in the process.
2: We, we usually find ourselves, for various reasons, around broken Apple devices, and I'm often around old Macs. And uh, we're quite good at fixing things. Well, like to think we are. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we've started a little segment. So, we're going to open it with an update on the Franken-Mac from two episodes ago. Lex, do you want to just remind everyone what the Franken-Mac was and go through how it
0: went? Indeed. Uh, so, the Franken-Mac, in a nutshell, was two, two 2016 13-inch Touch Bar MacBook Pros um, uh one of which as far as i was aware was liquid damage to high hell um uh it was, i was i later found out it was alcohol damaged um
2: any idea what alcohol what kind of owner was it it was
0: really strong i don't know it did smell like beer but some strong beer you know a high percentage i would say Chimay blue <laughs>
2: imagine yeah, if it was Chimay blue who knows <laughs> that poor mac <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh god he oh, would have been oh, so god. drunk and then died <laughs>
0: I must admit, it, I did have to stop for a second and be like, "Yeah, this 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 really stinks." Um, I had to open the window. Um, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it was it was quite bad. I must admit, uh, worse than I was expecting. Um, and the other one I was told, anyway, was just or as far as at least as far as I was aware. Um, Mac itself powered on all okay, that was all fine uh, it was just the screen was dead, essentially my idea that I proposed was taking the screen from said liquid-damaged one which I hoped the uh, the screen would be intact um, take that from the obviously the liquid-damaged one and put that on um, obviously the other one, fairly straightforward The the, the well <laughs> fairly straightforward five, six years ago not so fairly straightforward on a touch bar one um, I mean, I don't think it was
2: really straightforward on the um, the Retina ones Uh, true true let alone the touch bar ones jesus so how did it how did it go
0: um it went fine actually it was very interesting taking it apart um i would say there are lots of things to be careful of mainly screw management there are lots and lots of screws the antenna bar um which obviously is what it what it sounds like um, that is held on by twelve screws, twelve tiny little screws, um, which I believe are P one P two, so they are minuscule. Um, you've got to unscrew all of those and then feed the these three coax cables, unclip them obviously from the logic board, feed these three coax cables underneath the sort of um, the, uh, the the thermal tubes for the, for the fans and stuff, um, and be careful not to break anything on the way out. It's quite it's it's fiddly to say the least. Um, once you've got that out, it's fairly straightforward. Obviously, you know, you've know you got to do the standard, taking off all the cowling and clicking up all the connectors and stuff. Um, the most difficult bit, I would say, is actually... F- well, A, that, the most difficult bit is definitely that antenna thing. It's just fiddly getting it back in again afterwards because you've got to feed these through, you know, these three uh, coax cables through this rather small hole and make sure they don't get caught in anything. Um that's definitely the most difficult bit, but that's on the reassembly. Most difficult bit of probably taking it apart was gently taking these display flex cables, which we will kind of talk about later, actually, um, in Flexgate, which may or may not be a thing. Um, but they are quite tricky to take apart, actually. Um, they're sort of really quite neatly folded up in there, and I can see why a Mac may have issues with it, whether there is any actual issue there or not. Who knows? We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um that's the most difficult part of taking it apart. Putting it back together again is definitely feeding through that um, antenna cables back together again. Uh, I must admit, the thing that surprised me most was how heavy-duty the hinges are. They're really strong. Like, trying to actually... Uh, if Once you've taken the display assembly off and you just have it there, trying to actually move the hinges with your hand is surprisingly difficult. They are incredibly tough hinges. Interesting. Um, and it's amazing how much they weigh as well. Uh, well, at least for the size as well. And the screws were, you know, four times the size of any other screw on the inside of the Mac as well. Um, so that was interesting. Um, long story short, though, it didn't work, unfortunately. Um, put it all back together, powered it on, um, did exactly the same thing. Which is I was kind of thinking it might do. Um, there was definitely a smell of, said, perhaps blue Chimay on the... Uh, on the other display as well which i was wasn't expecting it to work um when i opened it up i was like yeah this is probably not gonna work purely because of how badly liquid damage the other one was um if i come across another you know touch bar at some point then i'll give it another shot but at the moment my franken mac which said gold because uh, these two macs were different colors i haven't mentioned that one was silver one was space gray um it does look really funky um looks cool but it doesn't work which bit's silver which bit's gray uh silver silver display. Um and just for aesthetic purposes I put the uh silver bottom case back on the space grey one as well, so you kinda of got silver space grey silver. It's like a little space
1: grey sandwich. Sounds good to me. It sounds. It sounds. You know. You, you know. Someone would buy that, mate, without a question. You know. Just keep collecting parts and if it cannibalizing worked, things. Yes. If it worked, yeah. yeah. I, I felt the thing. I felt <laughs> yeah. bad for you listening to that story was that you know I've I've been not in the situation of uh, of any sort of touch bar um, repairs, but um, I have. Uh, you know, those small screws are uh, they're not fun, are they? Oh, and, they're uh, not um luckily uh, i have
0: um uh, one of those magnetic uh work plates that i could stick them all to if i didn't have that it would have been a disaster and they would have gone everywhere
1: yeah yeah literally you'd have lost at least
0: one at least one at least one um yeah fortunately i didn't lose any screws the other one is still actually in pieces sitting in my uh my workspace my garage at the moment um so i kind of don't know whether to put it back together or not i might just sort of rip it apart and maybe salvage some parts um so yeah, I've got the other side of the Franken Mac, which I'm considering reassembling, and then having like a the opposite, so a space gray silver space gray Mac. Neither of which yeah, would be, really so cool. be kind of pointless. Um, but I guess it
2: clean would clean them cool. up, have them as a pair, unique things, maybe uh, do some funky stuff to the to the enclosure. I don't know.
0: Uh, Try and do something spray cool with some them for on them to get the smell of <laughs> Chimay out of them. It's quite yeah, bad, brilliant. I must admit. Brilliant. Oh goodness. Um, well, I've got other repair Macs that I'm working on to talk about do you want to talk about one and then we'll cycle back, take one each
2: yeah sure, it's obviously going to, the bluing fix it section isn't going to be this long every episode but uh, at the moment we got a few going on um, ah, oh, piss off Adobe Flash Player, I don't want you right now do you ever want
0: it really? It's just no necessity. I don't I,
2: is it though, Such I don't of. think on my MacBook Pro I actually have it installed um, but on my iMac I kind of need it, um yeah Okay, well, I finally, finally acquired a Flower Power iMac G3 between last episode and now. Um, so I went to pick that up, and uh, that needs a new hard drive in it, uh, but we'll get to that. And uh, the seller gave me, for free, two other Macs with it, a Graphite iMac G3, which also needs a hard drive in it, which I'm going to use to practice on before I risk damaging the very valuable Flower Power casing. Um and he also gave me, which has actually been the most interesting of the lot, a Power Mac G4 Tower. Amazing. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I'm in the process of cleaning it, and, um, well, it turns out it pretty much worked. I powered it on, attached it to an Apple LCD cinema display from 2002 over the Apple Display Connector, um, which is old school USB C, basically. It does everything it does like display, it does video, uh, it does. Um, what am I saying, USB, so it's got the USB ports on the display, it's really, really cool, one cable for the connection, um, anyway, so I turned it on, and it would. It booted, it got to the Apple logo, and it just spun, so to me, everything was working, so I, uh, I cracked it open, uh, I say cracks open, it makes it easy to get open, you literally open a handle and slide the door down, it's really, really cool, um, very different from modern Macs. Uh, And then I took a hard drive I had lying around. So these use old school IDE hard drives before um, SATA hard drives. So I had one lying around that I got from another iMac G3 seller. And he said he took it out of the one I bought. Anyway, I plugged it in. It booted fine. So I was like, yay, everything's working. Um, So I started taking it apart, cleaning it. Um, today I acquired an optical drive for it because uh, PowerPC Max can't boot from external USBs So I'm, my thinking is the hard drive that it came with is fundamentally fine, it just needs reformatting and an OS installation can't install from a USB um, I could put the hard drive into like the Graphite iMac and format it and then tear it out again I feel like that's a lot of effort and dangerous for the Graphite iMac But um, open it up so much, so what I did was I ordered an optical drive to install OS 10.2 on it, I believe, I think that's what I'm going for, Um, and uh, optical drive arrives today, Uh, I start opening it up, turns out there's already an optical drive in there that I somehow missed, Um, (laughs) which is brilliant, I managed to get it open, uh, and then uh, put the disc in, it made a horrible noise and spat the disc out, so... I'm going to later on tonight actually fit the new optical drive in there and hope I have more success with that. Um, And then if I can reformat that hard drive, great. And then after that, uh, I'll continue cleaning it, maybe upgrade it a little bit. But then I'll be moving over to the Graphite iMac. Um, So I've got a hard drive waiting for that. The one that I said was lying around. Needs no formatting, it just needs to go straight in. So I'm hoping to do that later today as well. Apparently it's quite easy to get into the bottom of those things. And then if that all goes smoothly, I'm gonna invest in an SSD that's been put into like an adapter, so I can put it in these old things and put that in the flower power when I get round to it. But yeah, I've been taking a lot of pre two thousand and three Macs apart recently, and I'm I'm enjoying it. It's uh, and the screws are nowhere near as small in those, so uh, my life is a bit easier uh, because they're they're big boys, they're big. Uh, I don't know which which screws would be in there. I know they're, they're Phillips screws, they're P1s, I think. Does that sound right?
0: That's quite small. Actually, no, so that's probably about right. Um, they get a lot smaller than that. You can have, like, nought, noughts. Um,
2: they're either P1 yeah. or 2, I know that. I think they're P1. But basically, pretty much the inside of these Macs are all held together by the same screw, which are all just standard screws. It's It's really nice. Um, But yeah, that's what I'm doing, and uh, I got myself a free Power Mac G4 tower, which works perfectly, and that goes alongside... And I'm
0: assuming it doesn't even smell of Chimay.
2: Oh, no, it's it's really good condition. It's also a mirrored drive doors one, which really got me happy. So it's one of the more elusive variants. Um, He just said, oh, yeah, take it, because he had like four of them in his garage. He's like, yeah, just have one. I didn't ask which one to take. I just took the first one. He sort of passed me, and I didn't check it over. I didn't notice it was mirrored drive doors until i got it in the car and then i got really happy um but yeah it's it's great and i've now almost completed the g4 family i got the tower i got the powermat g4 cube uh i got the imac g4 i got an ibook g4 i just need a powerbook g4 and then i have the complete g4 lineup
0: that is pretty that is pretty sweet ah uh, yes powerbook g4 what a wonderful item
2: is the, the powerbook g4 is the one you can get in 12 inch right so you get like the uh the little... Or is it 14 inches? It's where they really cut down th- the bezel. I think at, it's 14. I think it's 14, and it, the reason I say 12 is because it reminds me of the current 12-inch MacBook, the way there is no edge between the keyboard and the edge of the top case.
0: It's really odd. Oh, my God. The Power Mac G4 has, was around over five years.
2: The Power Mac or the PowerBook?
0: PowerBook G4, sorry.
2: Because the Power Mac is interesting because I love how they kept revising the tower. And then one year just said, hmm, let's put it in a cube as well and sell it for like twice the price. And then they halted sales indefinitely. They never discontinued the cube. I think it's like the only Apple product that is
1: technically not discontinued. They just halted sales. Just not just leave it, just leave that one alone, yeah? I mean what what was the what was the it must have been a power book where you had the red you know, the red color kind of tracker it wasn't even like a trackpad, it's literally a red dot in the middle of the keyboard and you use that to uh, I mean this is going way back guys this is going back this is um those things are really cool um yeah. <laughs> I used to love
2: them uh lots of um oh, what do they call them uh like they release a lot of computers like that that they f- it's kind of almost more it's ahead of its time because for a long time people manufacturers were releasing laptops that would just connect over to the internet and have no hard drive in them and everyone thought the future of computing would be everything just fed off the internet and then 10-15 years later you have chromebooks um so it was kind of ahead of its time but yeah no those things were cool i remember we'd know we had those in like my primary school it was really funky when you figured out i used to just break the red things but then when i found out they actually did something
1: I was like, oh. <laughs> it's actually it's actually quite useful i need that <laughs> uh, I, but i remember they kind of because my old man at the time he was sort of working in video conferencing and it was all quite you know way pre-skype and all these sorts of things and uh, it was quite kind of cutting-edge stuff um, back then and he had one for work you know and i can remember just sitting there basically moving the moving the mouse around the the screen being like this is cool
2: Off the top of my head, the sort of iconic red one was always on um, what they call the uh, Thinkpads. That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, the Lenovo's. Yeah.
2: They still have them. Yeah, they still have them. But Apple did use them for a bit, I think, and they were purple, I think. I have an image in my head of the black uh, Macintosh portables that had like purple little gummy things in the keyboard, I
0: think. Um, Well, if you want some real-time follow-up, screen sizes. Go for it. It, the PowerBook G4, the aluminium body. There was a titanium and an aluminium body. Did come in a 14-inch uh, configuration. Sorry, no, 12-inch, 12 12-inch. 12 um, the it was the PowerBook G3 that came in the uh, the 14-inch. Right.
2: Okay. So the aluminium PowerBook G4 aluminium was
0: aluminium G4. Did come in the in the twelve inch. What about the titanium? It didn't. The titanium. I'm just figuring out what didn't. to buy. No, that only came in in a, in a fifteen. That was the only screen size, just a fifteen point okay. two inch. So an aluminium
2: yeah. fourteen inch PowerBook G4. That's what I'm after.
0: Looks like it. Looks like it.
2: I came to I came to a little um a little fault in the road the other day. Um, so it turns out so revisions C and D of the iMac G3, the first body. Uh, the same one, so revision A and B were only Bondi Blue, and then C and D is when they went to the five flavours for the first time, Um, Tangerine, which I have, was one of the five flavours, but Tangerine actually stuck around to the major redesign of the body, Um, and the only first design I've got at the moment is the Bondi Blue, it was quite a big change, it went from matte to glossy, changed the shape of the enclosure, so (laughs) I might have to acquire a second Tangerine that's, that's also Matching the original five flavors, which I have none of yet, but that's a story for another day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember we uh, we were looking at yours and we were struck how different in size they are
2: because mm-hmm. um, they you are see significantly. The yeah, the Bondi is a very heavy boy, and it is it is different. Basically, for the first uh, few years, they had this original design um and it it sort of made sense to me i was looking at the chart yesterday and bondi was replaced by blueberry and then blueberry was replaced by indigo and indigo remained right up until the end of the run and it was actually the best-selling one and they kept re-bringing out the indigo because everyone just purchased the indigo like when the flower power and blue dalmatian came out they updated the indigo to have the same specs as them for people who didn't want something crazy but they only kept the indigo around it's it's really quite cool. I think the Indigo boring as hell. I'm looking at it now. It's it's, <laughs> it's not very cool. Um, but yeah, iMac G3s, man. I love them. I want to write a book about them. <laughs> They're so cool. Go for it. I want all 13. I'd read that. I, I'm doing a lot of research on them at the moment. I'm learning all sorts. Cause I'm going to do a YouTube video about them, like a, a little history lesson. Um, I'm learning all sorts about them. Like why the handle's there. Handle wasn't there to move it because it's a desktop. It was actually there to encourage the user to put their hand into the case and interact with it and feel more human with it. Very weird. Um, but yeah, that's the thing.
0: Okay,
1: fair enough. So I just always had Im- you know, images of sort of people just grabbing their Mac with them and sort of taking it round to their mate's house or sort of you know going from office to office with them. Do you know what I mean? Like you know just hey, you can take your you can take your desktop around with you guys.
2: Yeah, it is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? The only time I use a handle on a computer to actually move it is one, it was my old Macintosh, and that has a handle, and they're really light, and that can be... With one hand, you can lift that little beige cube with that with that handle. Um, that's cool.
0: Well, rumour has it, that's why they made the, the Mac Pro cylindrical, so you could like roll it places if you needed to. <laughs> roll
2: it. But oh, no, the whole top was a handle, wasn't it? <laughs> the whole top yeah. is a handle. Yeah, as long as you haven't pressed um, the old lock off. Oh, and then you just slide <laughs> it off and just comes falling out the bottom you your yeah, five right grand an computer. Mistake. Absolutely. That would, be an ex- that would be an expensive noise. That's what that is. Absolutely. Um, okay, so enough of me nerding about really old Macs. Lex, do you want to talk about a slightly younger Mac you are potentially repairing? I assume that's what you were going to talk about.
0: Yeah, I've actually got like another three I can talk about, but I'll talk about the most interesting one, which is my 2008... I think Mike owns one of these. I may be wrong on Doesn't the year. Me. What's interesting. this? Uh, a two thousand and eight Mac Pro. No, so
1: no, so mine's twenty ten. Mine's mid twenty ten. Yeah, okay. I got mid twenty ten. Fair
0: enough. Well, I managed to acquire a <laughs> a quite. I I don't really know how well it works or not. So interesting story. I acquired it from a gentleman who informed me that it was just kind of. Broken. Uh, I didn't turn on, didn't do anything. Now, in my immense stupidity, I took his word for that and didn't even bother trying to turn it on beforehand. <laughs> now this is it's probably one of the stupidest things I've done in quite a while was t- taking this man on his word. Now, I have no reason to to not take this man on his word, other than the fact that he doesn't know much about computers and was wrong. Um <laughs> so now opened up this Mac Pro. Obviously, the lovely sliding side comes straight off. Amazing. Um, I'm like, cool. Okay, let's take the PSU out, the power supply, and have a look at that. See if anything's, you know, anything is obviously wrong. Um, bit of an interesting uh, trek to get to that. You've got to take the dual uh, USB super drives out first. Got to unplug some, obviously the the uh, the cables in the back, and then you kind of have to wiggle it out at a weird angle. Doesn't sound right. It sounds like a scraping metal on metal. Doesn't sound very nice. But the power supply unit does come out easily enough. Um, Got it out. Opened it up, which was much less easy, I must admit. They are not designed to be opened. Um, Opened it up without bending it too much. Uh, The metal cage that the PSU sits in anyway. Um, All looks perfectly fine. And then it dawned on me. I haven't actually tried this, Mac. haven't turned it on. Maybe (laughs) it's fine. Um... So I plug <laughs> plug it back in, <laughs> I put it all back together, um, turn it on, bing, lovely Apple startup noise. And Don. at this point, I'm just like, Brilliant. God damn it. Um, but it gets more interesting. So this dude had, had removed the hard drive from said... Mac Pro, he needed the stuff that's on it, you know, fair enough, whatever. So it didn't come with a hard drive. Um, I didn't have one at hand that I could shove in there um, to see if that was the issue. But the bigger problem I had, uh, and I still haven't solved yet, actually, is the cinema display. So it did come with one of those. Um, I forget the size, but it's one of the, you know, kind of looks like... um, the early Thunderbolt displays, essentially, uh, but it's, it's one of the newer aluminium. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I can't remember which screen size it is, but it's the bigger of the two. I don't remember which it is. Um, great, you know, plug it all in, and then I'm just left thinking, oh, he hasn't given me the damn power adapter for the cinema display, um, which I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but they're pretty unique, and they will only work with you know, it's like it's not just a standard plug you can plug in. Oh, is it not? For it. I did not I realize, realize that. Yes, it looks, it's so weird. I've never seen, uh, I might be being stupid, I just sort of missed this, but I've never, it looks like a giant USB-C connector. I'll try and find a picture of it. Um, but it's a really odd looking, uh, uh, you know, plug. Um, no, I know it.
2: I've got one, I think. Do you?
0: Yes. I'm they not look really sure weird.
2: what it's from, but I recognize it already in my head.
0: Yeah, it's like a really wide USB-C. Um That's what it looks like anyway. Uh, So I need to get one of those before I can properly diagnose the thing. But I have a sneaky suspicion that it is actually indeed fine. Um, And Mm -hmm. all he was having was a hard drive problem, um, which I decided to take the whole thing apart and rip open the PSU, which I must admit, I'm glad I didn't break the PSU because it powers on fine afterwards, which is nice. Um, I was going to say, there are some uh, diagnostic LEDs on the inside which I haven't checked out yet so that's my next port of call over the weekend I'll have a look at those LEDs see if there's anything screaming at me that's not right which is really cool I love the fact that Apple included these you know I think it's a set of five or six LEDs um, which depending on the lights and what's on and what's off you can kind of know what the issue is which is amazing um they should still do that.
1: I know the lights exactly you're talking about. I remember a uh, a hot summer day some years ago. Um, after installing, um, doing a, a RAM mod on my 2010 Mac Pro, and I came home <laughs> yeah. to basically a computer that was off with a red light just really bright coming through the case. Um, oh, that's not and good. And it was a case of that one of the dims had basically overheated. Mm. Uh... So yeah, I know exactly those uh, those. Uh, those lights you're talking about, you know, it's, but they're really bright, mate. You see them. You can't. You cannot miss that light. Even in that enclosure, it, like they shine through, like the cheese grater holes. I'm guessing they do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you can wow. see it. You can see it, and it was right, basically, almost on the on the RAM where the RAM modules sit.
0: Well, the good thing is, is that I didn't notice any lights, so it actually might be quite a healthy Mac Pro. What I love about the Mac Pros uh,
2: of yesteryear. So pre twenty thirteen one, even though I love that trash can, but for different reasons. I love how that you were able to just go in there, do whatever the hell you wanted. And on top of that, Apple was so okay with it that they gave you a set of diagnostic LEDs. They
0: literally helped you out, you know? They helped you you out on this
2: endeavor. And when I'm taking this G4 tower apart, I'm like, this is awesome. I will kill for the next Mac Pro to be like this, but we'll get to that later. Um, Real-time follow-up on your cinema display. Uh, There was a 23-inch and a 30-inch, so I'm guessing it's the 30-inch one.
0: I believe it
2: is. Which, if it is, that'd be cool, because I know ATP have been talking about that 30-inch one quite a bit recently, saying how... They have, yes. Yeah, It's weird, isn't it? That's huge. Yeah, I'd like to see one of those. I need to... I mean, I've got one Apple display, but I need to get back into the uh, display game. Um, Cool do you have any more macs to talk about mike are you repairing any macs me
1: i mean it's like i say i was kind of following up to what you're saying i suppose about the the, about the kind of cheese grater you know if you think of it when when that shipped i bought that i think for probably about two and a half grand in 2010 and uh that shipped with you know six gigs of ram you know with a with a kind of 720 (laughs) sata you know hard drive kind of thing like I think I think I paid like an idiot I paid for a, an extra upgrade so I had two hard drives two to you know two 1 terabyte drives um you know and
0: it, I bet that was worth the money
1: it well no <laughs> um <laughs> 7200 rpm literally literally you know and, you know I know we're probably going to come and sort of speak about this this sort of later in the video but you know it's it's currently on you know 48 gigs of ram you know with with kind of you know, four bays maxed out SSDs, you know, and, and, and things like that. And I, th- I feel like it kind of, if it was the case that you couldn't mod it that as easily as that, you know, that that Mac really would have been out of commission a long, long, long time ago. It probably would have only really done me, you know, three years and it actually went on for 10. So it's kind of, it's a very interesting conversation when it comes to that system. And I, I can completely see why, you know, creatives would use that. Absolutely. and 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 And, uh, and why it kind of lasted, you know it's, it's still very much used. Um so yeah for me in terms of of modding, it's not been since sort of like changing out some RAM or um I did change the graphics card um to one of the later uh um radian cards I believe. Um just so that I could basically add additional displays. Um the card I had at the time didn't like four screens. <laughs> um <laughs> so I had to I had to swap that out. But everything else has kind of stayed the same. Like I say it's a really different cards, uh, different hard drives, uh, different RAM. Um, and like you say, it was all very simple, you know, very, very easy to do. Um, yeah, so that th- that is... uh I wish. <laughs> that is, yeah. A return to, like, professional modularity
0: is, is is one of, like, the big things that you just need to kind of see in this next Mac Pro. Like, the Shut dust, up. Just you know, stop, the trash stop, can stop, had, stop, had its own issues. It. But.
2: Be quiet. Be quiet. This is later. <laughs> we'll get to it. Be quiet. I can't be asked to shuffle we'll to this that. around. Stop. Save your thoughts. Um <laughs> right, I'm going to end the blue ink fixit segment by just going over a couple of bits of news. Um earlier this week, Apple announced that third-party batteries will no longer make an iPhone ineligible for service. Up until now, if you brought an iPhone to Apple, for a warranty issue, an out warranty issue, a repair on display, regardless of what it was, a battery replacement, you could give them no amount of money, the phone was declined, they would not touch it, you basically destroyed your iPhone, um, that you were just on your own, simple as, regardless of what the issue you were seeking help for was, uh, well now it doesn't matter, apparently they've suddenly become safe, uh, I don't really care about the reasoning for this, um, I don't know why it happened. People are speculating it might be so they sell more batteries. Uh, but I don't think they really care how many batteries they sell. Um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's semi-reasonable. it's Obviously, there are times where a dodgy battery could be a genuine health and safety hazard to a technician. Um, there are still terms and conditions. Like if the battery is affecting the in-warranty. If you're coming to the Apple store with a warranty problem, but the battery, the third-party battery is causing the warranty issue, you're going to be out of warranty, Um, it's a bit like about two and a half years ago now, they reverse course on uh, displays, because it used to be just like this, if you had a third-party display, um, and it's a similar policy to that, but if you go for a battery replacement to the Apple store, and they can't safely remove the battery, for example, they may replace your device at battery-only price, it's really, really liberal, and I'm I I don't really have any thoughts about it to be honest because I know when I've been replacing iPhone batteries and we've had to decline them due to the fact they're being third party there are many cases where I think this could have totally been removed safely and the customer could have a nice fresh Apple battery that they're willing to pay for Um, but other times it is like when they're completely swollen and they're like taped in or glued into the enclosure it's like... um, no thank you, I'm not touching that. And just to follow up on that, a topic that we did have further down the list, but I'm now putting up here just so we can get out of the way because it's kind of ridiculous, Uh, Now, uh, the iFixit battery kit is still $29 uh, till the end of 2019. So sort of counteracting Apple bringing the price back up at the end of 2018. Um, We were going to talk about how I like this, but I also don't because uh, so many people seem to be unaware that if you get a third party battery fitted, you are completely cutting yourself off from Apple. They're quite often shocked when we tell them. Um, And I didn't like that because I felt like it was sort of tricking people into doing it. But at the same time, that's that's now not a thing, and it's kind of cool that you can go get a cheap battery from iFixit still. And if you're going to do anything third party, go through iFixit.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's kind of you're right. There's not really a great deal to say about it. I am kind of surprised.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. They've held firm about it for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I kind of understand it. And this is, this is a real hunch, but you know, to me, I think I think people are keeping hold of their phones longer than they were previously. Correct. And I think, Correct. you know, if if you want to keep a customer locked into that experience, you know, locked into that experience, as opposed to have their phone basically, you know, become unusable and walk around with a battery pack constantly and then potentially go to a cheaper competitor, it kind of makes sense to just allow, you know, the battery to, to happen. And I, I feel like that's that's potentially what it's all about. I do, however, think that there should be some 'Cause let's be fair, all three of us have seen some pretty shoddy batteries, um, and some pretty shoddy <laughs> yeah. installs as well, without question. Um, you mm-hmm. know, um so I kinda of feel like it's almost like a case of I don't necessarily think it's an issue if it's a if it's a third party battery, but perhaps there's some should be some gui- some maybe some guidelines around kinda of who is who is authorised to install that said battery. Or um or you know, I I don't I don't know, like I mean when, me personally, looking at this 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 iFixit link that you sent me earlier, you know that seems very cheap. I mean, is it is it okay? <laughs> I'd imagine it probably is. I think I think my thinking of this is
2: Apple seem to be embracing the idea of customers keeping their iPhones longer. They seem to be up for it now. Um, so I think them them thinking maybe look if someone comes to our store with a cracked third party screen and a fake battery that's they're getting no life out of it and they're willing to pay the outer warranty costs for both to make their iphone good as new
1: and enjoy it and keep using it let them do it i think that at the end of the day is the thinking here that would well, that that's that that's that you know that kind of is you know just sort of thinking out loud here that that would make sense to me you know, to keep people to keep yeah. people engaged and and sort of locked into that experience, and you know, hey, they might be a, by HomePod or they might get an Apple TV, and you, you still you still kind of do you know what I mean? The ecosystem sort of continuing perhaps through a through a different line. Um,
2: yeah, because not everyone can afford an iPhone XS, so rather than force them into that, and then they go look elsewhere, like you said, they're gonna just pay for a battery replacement, even if they made the mistake of getting a third party one in the past. And they're still in your ecosystem, and they leave the shop happy. I guess exactly,
1: exactly. It's, it renews your. I suppose it, it renews your. You know, it's good customer service, isn't it? Really, you know, at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I, 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 at the end of the day, as long as there are well, there are guidelines and like as to how to remove them safely, and there are things, measures to take and things to do when you can't remove them, and so every, technicians are safe and devices are safe.
0: Then I don't see any harm in this. Yeah, I agree. I must admit, what I last thing I will say about it is the amount of third-party batteries we've seen obviously you know whenever we have seen them that's kind of it that's it we shut the device they can have it back we can't do anything what i do wonder is how much of a difference this is really going to make because if you do have a third-party battery in your phone i'm thinking about the ones that again the ones that i've seen more often than not there is no way to get them out they are glued in they're stuck down for whatever reason oh yeah i'm interested to see how many what this actually means, whether how how many of these third-party batteries will be able to be replaced anyway. You know, that they'll be able to be gotten out the phone easily. Because they do, whenever I've seen them, at least they do just kind of seem like they've been stuck in there with any means necessary. Whether that be literally double-sided tape or glue, you know?
2: Glue. I mean, but sometimes it also looks like you could probably just pick them out. Um, that's how bad it is. Also true. So, let's try and race through follow-up a little bit. Yeah. Um, um. So Airpods 2 are again tipped for the 29th of March. A sketchy rumour had Airpods 1 listed as end of life uh, on March 28th. Uh, Could be believable because it's already been rumoured for the 29th of March. Uh, Could also be someone playing on this rumour. Knowing Tim Cook's Apple, I find it really hard to believe they're going to discontinue first-gen AirPods. I'm sure they'll get a price drop and be
0: sold alongside. Um, I'd be very surprised if they went away. Probably, but it would explain why stocks just sort of dropped off the face of the planet over the last six months.
2: I've heard from multiple people that they have been discontinued. They haven't been producing them for a while. They've been producing AirPods too because they know the demand is going to be just as high for them. Um, And these things are hard to make. They always have been since day one. Uh, That's why they were delayed.
0: And they're manufactured by the same company that does HomePod. So, uh, you know, they can never do anything on time by the sounds of it. So... um.
2: It sounds... Yeah, so they could... Apparently, they've discontinued them, and they're just sort of moving stock around the planet where it needs it, and that's why it's been
0: ridiculous. (laughs) That would explain a lot.
2: Very believable, and I'd like it if the first ones went away, just to keep it all tidied. And then we wouldn't have to call them AirPods too. They'd just be AirPods, and they'd just be the the new ones. Um, But, yep, that's, that's cool. We can dream. We can dream. Flexgate, apparently, may have already been fixed in the 2018 MacBook Pros. I fix it. Uh, Was it iFixit commented saying that when they tore them down... Someone pointed it out to them or something. Have you read the article?
0: Uh, I have done, yeah. User Olivia88...
2: On MacRumors.
0: Posted in the MacRumors article saying that iFixit have seen that the flex cables, which, again, back to my my taking apart of a Mac, um, are a little bit longer um, than they were. And there's just a little bit more... um, you know, uh, room to room to play with as far as the flex cables go. Because I must admit, they are quite tight. Um, yeah, and opening anything, you know, as we talk, we've talked about it before. You know, opening anything a thousand times, you know, um, if it is tight, that's going to have, you know.
2: To me, this this if this is true, this rules out on REP. I feel like Apple, knowing totally. Apple, won't feel guilty if they know they've been selling for nearly best
0: part of a year now.
2: Models that don't have this problem, they'll be like, no, buy new ones. Yeah,
0: that's an old product with an old problem. They're out of warranty now, you know. I must be. I I had someone the other day with a, with a display issue, um, and he was talking about it for ages before he actually decided to get the Mac out and show me, and I was convinced that it was going to be this issue. It wasn't at all. It's something completely different, but in the back of my mind, I was like, this is going to be the first person. Um, but no, I must admit, I think we both said before, it's not really something we've seen massively.
2: And online, it sounds like it isn't that widespread. It, like we said, it's to be confirmed as to whether this is an issue, but I don't think it really is. For anyone unfamiliar, this is uh, we spoke about this probably a couple of weeks ago, uh, on a couple of episodes ago. Um, basically, Touch Bar Mapper Pros are getting this weird stage light effect at the bottom of the screen that's caused when the display cable wears out after a few years. And uh, it happened to quite a few people. Enough people were sort of calling for an REP, but by the sounds of it, not enough for it to actually be a thing. Um, Yeah, so that's that. I mean, I
0: think the the real test of whether this is actually, you know, a real issue or not is I have seen this exact problem on much older Macs, you know, 2011, 2012, I've seen it on those ones. I haven't seen it on a touch bar yet, whether... You know, I'm starting, as I said, I'm starting to see it on, you know, 2011, 2012 ones, which are obviously now vintage. Whether we will see this sooner, if that makes sense, on these Touchbar ones. So whether in two, three years' time we then suddenly get, you know, a really common problem, because maybe they are prone to wear more so. But obviously that isn't bad enough to, you know, to warrant an REP. That's just the device, I suppose, um, which they have supposedly remedied with this extra bit of length of cable.
1: I mean, I've only seen anything that looks... Vaguely like that, or or you know, on the on the actual MacBooks, I have seen something that looks like that on the MacBook, not the Pro or the Touch Bar, but the actual MacBook. Okay, Interesting. Interesting. I'd imagine
2: they would have similar internals and tight cables. Yeah. I would imagine so.
1: Not many. Maybe had about two, but I definitely saw it. Well,
2: I actually had a 2018 MacBook Air the other day with sticking keys, and they yes. use the same keyboard as yeah. the uh, the 2018 MacBook Pro. They have the third gen butterfly keys. So it sounds like the little condoms they put on the keys didn't work. And this is the first time I've seen it on an air. So that's that's mm. not great. I'd imagine at this point, Apple are probably just like, I don't care. We're just bringing out new ones soon. Just fight it out. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's an rep. Live with it. Yeah.
2: Eventually, it may get extended to the air. We'll have to see. Last bit of follow up. Watch straps have started selling out on Apple's online store. Uh, Good. possibly ahead of a spring 2019 keynote. I mean, we, we get new straps every six months, new colors, new cases as well. They usually sell out usually a lot faster than this. Uh, and I think that's maybe down to the fact this uh, September 2018 collection, I have always thought was really bland. Um, like I said, my, my Silicon Blue Horizon case is wearing out and I really want a new one, but I'm waiting to see what the spring collection is like. Uh, so that uh, A means new stuff's coming, yay. B also gives... Good credence to the idea of there being a uh a March twenty fifth keynote that is only a few weeks away at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm down to new colours. I need some new colours.
2: I need some new colours. Usually I've bought a few, but this time I only bought the Blue Horizon uh strap because that was the only one that I liked. Fingers crossed, eh? Maybe we'll get a sport loop that both of us like and buy before the pride one.
0: That'd be the day. Okay, um shall we do some topics Let's do some nanotopics. Insert noise here so um there was a little
2: thing um (laughs) google put out an update uh probably a few days maybe about a week ago now it was quite a while ago um that set everyone off a little bit because it was basically a (laughs) 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 it was a (laughs) stop it it was an update for google home devices right that was basically um saying uh yeah, subscribe to music. Other services available include Spotify, Pandora, Google Music, YouTube... And then it said Apple Music as well. Um, so everyone assumed, oh my gosh, this means uh, Apple Music is coming to Google Home as well. Like it did to the Amazon Echo in December. And that sparked a whole lot of rumours about why is it on the Echo? Have they got a deal with Amazon ahead of time so that they get the TV service on the on the Fire TV and things like that? And then when this came out, everyone assumed... Uh nah. This it just means they were getting it on more more se- speakers. Kill off all those rumors. It's just they're coming to all speakers. Uh, well, Google have said that this was a result of a bug, and it has nothing to announce regarding updates to Google Home. So the whole thing was nothing.
0: I must admit, I'm curious as to how a bug can develop in your system that uh, looks so much like a like a finished bit of UI that people were clicking it and believing that it was. An update of Apple Music coming to That seems like a very specific bug. It does sound a little bit strange. Mm. It really does sound a bit strange. Mm. It does sound a bit strange. Mm. Why, why would you even have Apple Music as a potential... Uh, where? Why? You know? I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Apple Music launching on the Google Home within the next month. Someone just messed up.
1: <laughs> From my perspective, that the, the more products, services, streaming, whatever, TVs that include Apple Music, the better.
2: Yep, agreed, totally. And the more you can have on HomePod, the better. Am I right? Absolutely,
1: and and I think totally. I think it's a case yep. of of from my perspective, and I'm I've sort of quite outspoken about this. is I do think that when it comes to well speaking for someone who makes music and releases it, and you know re- receives royalties, um Apple Music is by far, you know, it, it, when it comes from will put it this way, when it comes to streaming revenue, Apple Music probably makes up probably about eighty percent of the money I get across all stream services um, worldwide um, wow. and you can kind of I may well do a YouTube video on it on my own channel and kind of almost just show you know the sort of money you're getting for say 20,000 plays on Apple Music versus 20,000 plays on Spotify and it's quite shocking interesting I would have thought the op- the opposite but very interesting I mean it could just be that you know my fan base are more Apple users um, but definitely when I kind of took you know the same track and kind of looked at like demographics and, 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 and statistics, you know, based on plays, you know, Apple Music was coming out five, six times more, you know, um, in terms of in terms of payouts. Wow. So I don't know the deal in terms of, um, I know Apple were trying to push to um, basically raise the mechanical royalty payout, which is basically why Spotify went public, because it would have killed them overnight um, if that bill got passed, because um, Apple could afford to pay the raised fee Spotify couldn't yeah
0: I mean I remember there was yeah it was an article I would call like you know six months a year ago about how Spotify were just sort of hemorrhaging money um (laughs) and it's just sort of falling out absolutely
1: (laughs) and they and they kind of the the whole the the whole way that they did their IPO um you know normally if you want to if you want to float on the stock market and, and become public you kind of you have to have a bank kind of you know look into you and and kind of um you know assess your actual value but how they managed to do it was basically based on almost like a you know a brand um you know a public opinion of the company um and i believe it's one of the first times that that's actually been done so really they got valued when they floated on the stock market vastly higher than what they actually are worth um which put a lot of money into various shareholders you know uh pockets um but didn't really put much or i haven't seen any increase in in um royalties um from them since they've done that so it's all a bit underhand a bit backhanded in my opinion i'm definitely not a spotify supporter i think the ui is great um and i think that it looks very good but i think in terms of and their discovery features are
0: really cool as well i must admit the feature set on spotify in general i would say are just better than apple
1: i think they've done very well apple though in terms of the you know most of my friday mixes are pretty spot on um you know i I discover Mm -hmm. a lot of music and and kind of you know looking through the whole world the different charts i think that that's my go to place i suppose um but yeah just to, just to, sorry i've taken us on a massive tangent here no go for it we do it all the time i can't really see amazon music doesn't seem to have really taken off as far as what i can see unless people want to buy mp3s but do people really do that now um
2: uh... <laughs> i think amazon music is cool because they offer the 399 a month reduced rate if you're just playing it on a single echo device and so many people have like kitchen echoes I think that's where their, their subscriber base probably is. And the non-unlimited one you get for free as part of Prime. They probably have a lot of people using that.
0: Yeah, Amazon, I feel like it's almost, it's Amazon's whole USP is the fact that it just kind of almost semi-comes bundled with Prime and everyone has Prime, you know. It's kind of, that's that's why it's taken off. Same as with Prime Video. You know, Prime Video is, is worthless. No one would, you know, not not worthless, but obviously compared to Netflix, you know it kind of took off because so many people already had prime um they kind of touched on this on last week's episode of atp uh which was really good and they explained it way better than i can um but yeah how how that was sort of the the intrinsic success of you know prime video and to an extent obviously amazon music
1: as well is the fact that it comes bundled with prime something that everyone has yeah i suppose it, i suppose it definitely it definitely does make sense i mean uh I think my mum's got... She's got a an echo of some description, um, but she has to pay certain things that she wants to listen to. She has to pay more money for for some reason. So I don't know whether it's a... I don't know whether, don't know whether it's a... It's a similar to the, the Prime thing where, you know, sometimes you search a film and it's like, well, hey, you can watch it, but you got to pay for it, you know? No, it's exactly that. Amazon Basically. Music
2: comes free with Prime, but it's usually stuff from over five years ago I'd say like I thought it was just recent recent stuff you had to pay for but no I've tried stuff that's been released within the last five years and it's sort of been like nah Um,
0: I would I would say it's kind of hit and miss something I've played things which are much more recent than you know five years ago but at the same time you can also find things which you know were two three years old that still aren't on there which is a bit odd when you get that bounce back you don't quite expect from your from your ex they're giving you sass about how to pay for it (laughs) um but here's a sample. Yeah, here's, here's a lovely, like, two-second sample you can enjoy while you're cooking.
2: Great. Thanks. And then sometimes it like, it's like, you know what? If you, if you, it says, do you want to sign up and hear the rest? And you're like, no. And it's like, okay, here's the rest of the song anyway. Enjoy. Brilliant. Like, that's happened to me a couple of times. Things? Brilliant. Where that's it's just amazing. played the... Yeah, it's just played the song for me. Brilliant. <laughs> I actually do oh, pay Jeff. for it now until Apple Music, yeah mr bezos because uh, apple music hasn't actually come to the echo in the uk which is really infuriating uh but i'm paying 3.99 a month for the unlimited on it and i think that's reasonable because i do use my echo a bit in my room um i wouldn't pay the full rate for it it's no point i'd just bluetooth apple music to it um but yeah no it's it's fine 3.99 but as soon as apple music launches for it i'm gonna cease that that recurring
0: payment well that was such a small nano topic that's a good one. Oh,
2: the nanotopics, that nanotopics are always cool, and always <laughs> small. All right, let's move yeah. on to the next nanotopic. Here we go.
0: Boop, 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 boop.
2: So, who remembers back in the summer at Google I/O 2018? Trying to remember what year it was last year. Uh, they debuted or showed off a little tech demo of Google Duplex, which called is it, is it part of Google Assistant that can make calls and act like a human on your behalf and make appointments and it caused a bit of a stir because uh, people were really triggered by the fact it was sort of imitating a human um personally i saw nothing wrong with it because i don't have morals i guess um i was totally enthralled by it i'm like this is awesome let's if we can make computers more like humans and take over the world go for it keep going i had no problem with it whatsoever but people were really really made uncomfortable by it um Anyway, turns out it's coming to iPhone. Yay.
0: I'm glad about this because I've needed to make uh, an appointment at the opticians for like six months now and I haven't gotten around to it. I may finally get around to it.
2: I don't think it's launching for a while,
0: though, because it's not even on Android yet.
1: I've waited six months. I can
0: wait another six months.
1: I like, I like the idea of it, but it is a case of, uh, I don't know, have you seen Her? No, I haven't.
0: Yes, that is an amazing movie. Watch
1: Watch Her, Jack um and maybe you could probably we could probably do a whole episode based on that film but i I, I feel like it's a case of you know i'm all i have the same thing right you need to make an appointment or you need to do something and then you just you get carried away and you look at your time it's six o'clock and you think oh no i'm gonna have to wait till tomorrow so if something could literally do that for me and it's going to wait on hold and do it for me that's great but how much is it going to learn and what is it going to start saying to people (laughs) um (laughs)
2: I mean, there was a thing, right? And uh, Lex may... I don't know. I know you stopped listening to podcasts for a bit, but there was a thing on ATP around this time where someone wrote into them, and I can remember Casey reading it out. Basically, he... I'm going to butcher this because it was so long ago. It's just from memory. Uh, someone was working at a shop. I think it was in Australia. Answered the phone, and Google, Google Maps... Someone from Google Maps called and was asking for information from about the shop they worked at or something. Um, and it was all very weird. Apparently, it was it was it was sounded like a, just a really human that lacked social skills. But it was a person. They were just chatting with them. They asked information. Then they sort of were like, "Thanks, goodbye." Hung up. And then their manager walked over to the person and said, "Hey, um, who who was that calling?" And he said, "Oh, someone from Google Maps asking for information." And then he was like, "Are you? Sh- did you get their name?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "Are you sure it was someone calling from Google Maps, or was it Google Maps calling you?" And it turned out it, it was AI talking to him about uh, going out, calling companies, asking for information about them so they could put it onto Google Maps. Um, that was uh, <laughs> quite something that only Google would do. Uh,
0: but yeah, that's the thing. My biggest issue with this whole Google duplex thing is that it's being heralded and led by Google.
2: Yeah, if it was anyone out... Like, if Apple were good at AI, they'd do it make it okay, like, privacy-wise. It would be
0: a lot less creepy.
2: And that's probably why Apple haven't been able to do it, because I'm sure they have the engineers and technology to do it, but they have really gone down the privacy
0: front. It would... This is just intrinsically creepy right now. You know? We haven't... And I'm
2: not saying... Yeah, I think they should stick with the privacy. Yeah.
0: As a society, yeah, we haven't sort of... We haven't managed to mentally accept this yet. I'm sure we will do, Give it, you know, 50 years, and hopefully a lot less than that. Um... But yeah, right now I think it's just
1: intrinsically creepy, and our moral values and ethical values just can't quite deal with it. Well, it's just, I think it's like you said, Jack, it's, you know, based on that on the article you read, it's kind of, you know, if it's just going to sound completely socially awkward and weird, I mean, half of us can't still, you know, can't type properly because of text messages, can we, you know what I mean, and and things like that, you know, um, and I was I had this argument with someone the other day, it's like, listen, back in my day, I had 10 texts a day, a 140 character limit kind of thing, you know. You now have unlimited text. You know you can use grammar. You can use emoji. <laughs> you can use emoji. I mean, you could Yeah, exactly that. It's, it's it's a bit. So I I don't know, but the, I I suppose it's I I don't know. I think that the whole the whole assistant thing. You know, I, I definitely like it, but I think it's it's that age long conversation for me of you know I've just gone on Skype for the first time in like months. You know, and who, I've got I've got Cortana now. Who, who's Cortana now? Cortana's your buddy, mate. Ever played Halo? and then like but that's trying to like oh do you want to schedule this event you know and then i've got kind of uh you know google obviously with alexa and obviously apple with siri and i kind of get maybe i'm just getting old but i'm kind of like you know i basically cannot be bothered to to start you know invest in time speaking to all these different AIs, if you know what I'm saying. It would be nice to have one that did everything and then you
2: could fully embrace it. But when everyone's trying to do a little thing and every single one wants access to this information about you and this, it's like, no, I'll give it to Siri. I'll give it to the Echo. Um, No, I'm not really comfortable giving it to Google. Definitely not Facebook. Um, But yeah, I'd like to invest in one. And I I do tend to invest in Siri, and I think Siri is a lot better than people give it credit for. I think sometimes
0: the it's responses... It's a lot the, better recently. The responses
2: the HomePod gives me over the Echo recently have been so much better. It's still not as good at, like... Like, the other day I was watching something, I'm like... I was watching a movie, and I asked it a question about the movie, I think. And it just said, hmm, I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know. Um... And I wonder if the Echo, if it had been in the same room, would have been able to do it. I, pr- I doubt it. I know the Google Home would have been able to do it. And that's where it, it's great, the Google Home. I don't have one. You have one. Um, but I, am I right in saying that its access to general knowledge is immense because it's fed yes. by Google?
0: Yeah. The the kind of the general knowledge questions that you can ask it, you know, I think, you know, how tall is a giraffe, et etc. et cetera, that kind of stuff. Google Home just deals with it a lot better now the minutiae of you know running your house and you know the smart home functions you know they, as, as I was going to say earlier the, the problem with them is that they all have their pros and cons there is no one assistant which is the best at everything you know Siri is better at some things than others Alexa's like voice recognition I would say isn't the best actually like just picking up what I'm saying um, whereas Siri especially on the HomePod at least is is amazing now that's obviously also you know hardware of microphones and stuff um, but yeah there are certainly things there are pros and and yeah you're right totally right google probably would have gotten that for you um as it is really really good at that kind of stuff you know it's really good at googling things obviously
1: but it doesn't it doesn't surprise me as well because even if you even if you're sort of scrolling through youtube now you know that you know they're basically decoding all the chat and and you know how can it bring up subtitles that that, that well based on what people are saying so i feel like we, you know if you're talking about ai I mean, um, I think Google probably have got that edge because they, you know, everyone's everyone's uploading content to YouTube across every conversation. They know everything. Everything. So, if (laughs) if you can if you can analyze those videos enough from as you know from lots and lots of different people talking about very similar subjects, you're going to have a pretty comprehensive AI. It's 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 kind of. um,
0: they do have an incredibly like vast repository of you know data, just raw data to feed of
1: information and human experience and human experience, human reaction and 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 uh, you know and I mean people blog their whole life, don't they? So it's it's kind of you know I feel like that, I feel like that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Is it's about kind of collecting information now, you know whether that, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is is a whole separate conversation. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised that. That a google's ai would you know or assistant would be perhaps more versed in sort of general knowledge and, and general human interaction because they have got that wealth of of of, of um of, of ip basically to to call them generally coming from someone who lives in the uk and obviously these cylinders are
2: affected by your region the only one that i can say from what i've seen is worth the money is the home pod it, everything it does most of the stuff it does is exceptional and then everything it does is all right. Like, it has the smartness. It has some smart assistant. It's great for integrating with HomeKit. The music is amazing. Um, general knowledge and just quick questions about the weather, fine, could be better, but good enough to recommend the product. The one thing that always, if if you want to blow your mind and then if you've, you guys have played with it, is the lyrics recognition on it. If you literally just go, hey, S word, what song goes like this, or just say... And you could just say random lines, often incorrect from a song. It always gets it. It, I've never had it fall down on that. It's really, really mind-blowing to me that it gets that so well.
0: I must admit, it's not something I've ever... Yeah, I haven't tried it out yet.
2: Same, I haven't. I wander around the living room doing it when I'm bored, just to see if I can catch... I literally walk in circles and think of songs from distant memories and try it and it always gets them another thing about it is i'm sure some of these lyrics are very general and one i'm wondering if obviously other songs use very very similar lyrics if not the same one and i'm wondering if it gets them based on my music taste as
1: well uh so that's the thing that i'm wondering I, I must admit i haven't tried it and i mean i've been impressed with the with the home pod since i got it i mean I, I, pre- I pre-ordered it with you i think jake but pretty much the date was released you know, yeah, and, uh, we both pre-ordered one, and then Lex, I think
2: you got one on launch day from work, didn't you? I remember us doing that.
0: Yeah, I didn't pre-order, but I did get one launch day. Yeah. I
1: think it's it's definitely it's definitely my alarm clock. Um, it's definitely totally. Um, you know the the hub of, uh, and I'll tell you another thing as well. I don't know if you guys have done it, but if I'm watching a film on the Apple TV, you know, I'll often send the audio to the HomePod um and that
0: yeah i do that that is the only way i do not use the the speakers on my tv at all for my xbox i've got you know my gaming headphones and whenever i'm using the tv i'm using the apple tv so i just always airplay to it and it's brilliant
1: exactly exactly it's it's pretty incredible and i think that the the whole kind of um you know with airplay 2 and the the capability to then control um music from your watch <laughs> and, and yeah. things like that and 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 uh you know while i think it's still a little clumpy airplay 2 I think it it does it definitely works a lot better. I don't get any really real dropouts. It's
0: so reliable, I find. It, so much better than AirPlay one. Yeah, it was needed.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and um and as as well with as well, I mean the only the only thing I've noticed which is irritates me slightly is is if I'm watching something on on say Netflix or or Amazon Prime, you know, and I'll say hey, you know, hey S word because my whole room's going to go off if I say that. Um um you know, pause it will pause the show and I leave the room go and do what I got to do come back in and say you know play it doesn't take the damn screen saver off the apple tv oh really uh, does it not just a little, a little quirky thing there that really bugs uh. me so you still have to pick up the damn remote and press the button but yeah I, I, I must admit I think I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, supporter of the, of the HomePod I haven't paired them stereo um, I have I've got two of them next to each other and it sounds brilliant I can imagine yeah I can imagine um,
2: in fact it would be brilliant for me to use them with the TV but we, I don't because we have a Sonos Play Bar which I love um, but if I had one in my bedroom which I really want eventually uh, getting the Echo really cheap at Christmas sort of Delayed that, and I'm semi-tempting to wait for the next Home HomePod. Um, but I would use it with the Apple TV uh, as my speaker and alarm as well. Uh, but no, I've never used it with the TV,
1: which would be an interesting experiment. No, it's definitely it's definitely worth a go,
2: and and because you can just say, "Hey, S word, play this on the HomePod," right? When you're watching something, and then it just switches over.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, essentially. Yeah. And I think it. I think I mean, the only thing I find sometimes is that is the the kind of the the synergy if you like with with things like notes or or um or reminders so I've, i you know because i keep doing so many things throughout my day I, I if i don't set reminders i just won't do them um and uh even stupid things like me like yeah go to bed <laughs> that's the thing for me if i'm working on a track you know it's like set a reminder to go to bed otherwise it's 6am that sort of thing um oh i can i can relate to that <laughs> isn't audio editing just so much fun oh it's amazing mate looking at those those uh those waveforms
2: lex have you been uh editing any podcasts recently have you have you have you been um, doing that
0: n- no no alexa stop
2: that's annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah lex change your name um yeah, I think we should rename nano topics to tangent
1: topics because what the hell are we?
0: <laughs> tangent. That's a. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, sorry. I feel like I feel like it's. Uh, I feel this is this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. I love it. Um, shall Shall we move on to the amazing, wonderful Mike segment?
1: Uh, that's That's why you're here, Mike. That's just, that's why I'm here for the the amazing, wonderful Mike segment. I do love that the way that's worded
2: we can we can talk about cylinders and smart home for days so and we do most yeah. episodes so <laughs> yeah, we, we just got to get ourselves to stop sometimes um okay so mike you like apple most of the time um you've been using
1: apple any idea how long you've had apple devices for so i literally um i suppose you could say i was forced to buy a mac um in 2010 when i went to uni um so yeah what yeah, coming on, coming on ten years. Um, but I used them uh, prior to university. I basically worked at a company which tested software. Um, so you'd, you'd essentially get either a website or a, or a piece of a piece of software, some description, mostly educational, um, and you'd be loading that up on basically every type of Windows possible in multiple languages, um, multiple types of Linux distros again in multiple languages, um, and Mac um, in is its different configurations um, to basically find bugs. So that was essentially my you know i spent a good seven years testing software jesus i didn't realize it was that long (laughs) yeah it's a long long time mate it's a long long time um believe me testing testing um in arabic windows is interesting because uh everything is everything is backwards yep um anyway that's a a side note so I'd, i'd used Macs. i have to say i was not the biggest advocate of them at all um i didn't like the way they looked the old white um imax the bevels i was kind of if ever i had to test on a on a Mac I was sort of whinging um which is kind of a complete contrast 180 now um because now it's if I'm using the Windows system I'm whinging. (laughs) So was so your route into Apple was Mac? It was definitely Mac yeah I had an Android phone um I hadn't um you know we were still using Winamp (laughs) um yeah I was very much I didn't even like iTunes you know I was a real non-Apple person um so but I was a you know a techie guy still so you know I always built my own PCs and and uh in another life I was a fairly regular sort of PC gamer so you know I had kind of high spec computers so I suppose there was the whole conversation back there of well you know I need to buy a Mac kind of you know reluctantly if you like um I didn't want to be forced down the locked in uh iMac um kind of route at the time um and I didn't feel the specs at that time either would would kind of I didn't really know what, where I was going to end up um, in, in music, if that makes sense. Um, so You see, the reason I'm chuckling at this is because lots of people have those th- feelings
2: these days. But unlike you 10 years ago, you end up buying an iMac
1: because there is no other choice. This is... Well, this is the... I mean, this is the thing. I mean, uh, it, it, this is we'll the get thing. We'll that. But it, it's it's <laughs> kind of... Uh, lots of i um and are ah in and kind of working it out. The, the Mac Pro, the, you know, the cheese grater, made sense to me. Yeah. Um, I felt that, you know, when I, I mean, when I f- put it this way, put it this way, when I first got my Mac, I was boot camping Windows, you know, and I'd do all my kind of like, it was ridiculous. I'd, I'd, I'd launch like Logic on the Mac side and do a track and take screenshots and email them to myself and then log out and log into Windows to use oh Word. Oh my God. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Jesus. That is a,
1: a new one. It's so like I I refused to kind of I really di- I really disliked the uh, the interface and then after a while I was like this is this is a joke like you've just spent all this money on this Mac like you know come on Mike like start using the damn thing sort of thing um so I deleted deleted yeah, yeah literally deleted the Windows partition and because as well I was playing games I was running Steam and, and while Steam was sort of available on the Mac back then it it wasn't that great
2: I had Boot Camp on my iMac for Steam for about. Three four years when I finally deleted the bootcamp partition, it was a nice feeling. Just completely
1: yeah, abso- absolutely, absolutely. I just thought let's get on board with it, and I started using iTunes and I, I started using you know um Pages or iWorks. It was then, wasn't it? It wasn't Pages. It was was it still paid?
2: i iWork I was so no, it was Pages,
1: but the suite was called iWork. That's right. Um, that's right. Still is, but no one ever really refers to it. So so, so yeah, I, I liked the kind of. You know, I, still want, I suppose I still wanted to play my games. I still wanted something that was that was sort of powerful and the, the graphics cards in the iMacs back then were not great when you're talking about gaming. Oh,
0: how much has changed?
1: Um, so I went with the Mac Pro. I think I paid around about two and a half grand, I think, for it. Um, I didn't get the 6 core, um, which I later regretted um, because, as we discussed briefly in the earlier part of this video, you know, the the upgrade options when it comes to if I had that... Six core, you know, I could have gone up to twelve core even now, but it's a case of you need a different motherboard, um, you know, and I, I wasn't prepared to basically up, I mean, upgrade the motherboard, upgrade the processors. You might as you might as well buy a new computer. See, so yeah, I took the four core uh, option, and really, it was it was far too much for what I needed at the time. You know, people were sort of walking in with those white MacBooks, which actually are great. Um, they they work really well. I know people to this day who still use those white MacBooks to record music and produce music. And for some reason, they seem to they seem to still hold up. Even running, you know, like Logic Pro X is still running really well. Um, so I was kind of like this, like, odd kid at, at uni who had this, like, ridiculously powerful computer and was trying to sort of, as I got into film, you know, run running orchestras and, you know, no one else was really doing that. Um, and uh, I suppose, like I said, that techie side of me, wanted to kind of understand how I could use you know in the future use multiple computers to basically you know run different sections of an orchestra or different um, uh, sound palettes if you like so and yeah I mean I was basically you know I was bought into the whole Apple world I I kind of once I got over that whole we're not using Winamp anymore we're not using this we're not using that and and kind of getting into using Finder as opposed to, to Windows Explorer and and uh not playing as much games because I was basically studying. Um I went and bought the iPhone <laughs> um and then kind of started using iTunes and actually buying around that time to be honest I stopped buying CDs which is quite interesting. Wow, early on. That, that happened to me. Yeah, that's quite interesting that it was kind of after the iPhone. I mean I had then I had an iPod. Um which I actually got when I bought a MacBook. <laughs> oh yeah, they used to do that promotion, I remember. That's right. did uh, the, the touch. Um, and yeah, it was around that time I started kind of I stopped buying traditional CDs. Um, I still buy, I still bought vinyl, and I still do buy vinyl. But um, yeah, I stopped basically all my, all my music purchases were, were digital. Um, so I suppose at this point, really year two. So I suppose looking twenty twelve, you know, I'd gone from someone who basically you know d- didn't really like Apple or or kind of care about them as a company at all to someone who kind of had you know. The cheese, greater Mac, a fifteen-inch MacBook Pro, an iPhone, an iPad, um and an iPod. <laughs> um You know, and I kind of got into the whole. Ah, oh, so uh so uh, so an Apple fan. That's quite a transformation. Yeah, without question. Yeah, I went, I went, I went for it. I went for it. I really did. But I think that's that's what they do well, isn't it? Is they they kind of solve, you know, that for me, especially in terms of the music. As I started actually using um, the Mac for music creation. You know, I'm like, oh wow, it's not crashing and oh I've got no latency and you know, all these things. I don't have to you know, if I'm plugging in the audio interface, I'm not installing drivers. Wow, you know, this is this is cool. Um and I'm you know, I managed to basically just focus essentially on, on creating. Um I think the weird thing that separated me really was I was never a logic user. Um I used Pro Tools. Um even to compose and and uh you know use MIDI um if anyone knows what I'm talking about here. Um so That was kind of weird. I was the only person at uni using Pro Tools to to kind of compose, mix, record, master the lot. I moved to Logic um, in in kind of later days, but Logic wasn't really the... Logic was the reason I had to buy a Mac because the course, I had to learn Logic as part of the course. But, you know, sort of professionally, I didn't really use Logic really up until a couple of years ago when my old Mac Pro became unstable and uh, Pro Tools was not running very well on it at all. Which essentially forced me into using Logic, which which then was more stable on a on the a native on a, you know using a native Mac sort of thing. Hmm. Interesting. So so it seems like you sort of fell into your
2: current Mac
1: situation, uh, <laughs> which is cool, I guess. I mean, pretty much. I think I think I think it's if there's one thing I can say is you know to to say that you you basically used a pretty high end system for you know almost a decade before having to you know change it like i said if if it wasn't for the case that i could change the ram and, and and obviously ssds helped us all out right um you know um that was to me huge um the kind of i mean uh, bearing in mind i bought ssds it cost me 800 pounds for for um 128 gig oh my um, and i needed i needed that at the time to basically run the sample libraries that i was using you know it was, i was using kind of cutting edge um sampling techniques with the music so it's you know if you if you're programming a a solo violin section on the fly of all the different bowing and all the different articulation and you're actually going through all those thousands and thousands of samples on the fly you need drives that are fast and and that was um that helped you back big time with the original um configuration um so you had people basically running raids back then before SSDs in to be able to to do that and obviously raids were ridiculously expensive and very complicated to set up um, for that for that application so so yeah really the original mac pro you know i took it from the like the 6 gig that is shipped with to 16 um and sort of used two ssds to run samples and that kept me going really up until sort of i, I started talking to you jack you know and that was what 2016 17 16 um so I, that was the same configuration i started getting issues in obviously i write to film so you're not just while you're not really dealing with any kind of edits in the film, you are running essentially a HD film in real time alongside lots of complicated computing and lots of CPU issues. So I bought the Mac Mini. I don't know if you remember me getting the the Mac Mini. Um, and that became like a slave in the sense that that ran the film. And then I time code synced that back to Pro, back to Pro Tools. Um, and I ran kind of drum libraries on the Mac Mini. So I was getting into kind of um network sound if you like where you basically send midi signals from from a sequencer um you know to another computer over lan it triggers the samples and sends the audio back um in real time um and that kind of bought me a couple of years in terms of not having to have the the, you know the expense of upgrading the mac um so that was quite interesting that was getting into multi-system usage i suppose to to basically carry me through and you know enable me to do what I wanted to do in terms of creating the music um and then you know I didn't know what to do really because part of me was like you know I'm kind of old school with this this huge great bloody desk and and uh you know I mean I've got what have we got I've got I've got a 32 inch a 27 inch and two 24 inch screens right in front of me right now you know so it's kind of big 88 key keyboard and that was kind of bugging me a bit. I thought, can I go for a, you know, can I use a laptop now? Or you know, there's people making music on iPads. You know, do I even need a Mac? You know, and all these kind of obviously they are very expensive. The the, the Macs, and I know me and you were talking probably for, for about 18 months about. For oh, I could do long that. time. I could do that. You <laughs> know, and, it was a long time, mate, without question, I think, and and the sort of... It was of, from,
2: like, when I first met you until whenever you upgraded. <laughs> you were just umming and ahhing. Yeah, it was
1: a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even before I bought the, the Pro, I was sort of, what do you reckon on this, Jack? You know what I mean? Um, And I think it's, yeah. it's kind of... I think my issue with... My issue, really, with the iMac Pro is that I personally... If I was to upgrade to the iMac Pro, I'd have to... Well, it, it would just look weird. I'd have the iMac pro in the middle with this sort of amazing display and then all these sort of like Asus screens and LG screens and stuff and Samsung screens like around it that have all like different bevels. So it would look weird. And I don't know just the whole, it didn't really compute to me to buy it. Like I I didn't really care about in many ways. I do care about the display because I'm going blind these days, you know, but it wasn't really important to me to have that 5k display. What was important to me was, was processing power and, and Ram and, and power basically I wanted a power computer
2: hello Mac Pro customers that is exactly why people still want one
1: um which <laughs> is exactly what you kind of did right yeah I went and bought the I looked at I spent ages looking at, at, at benchmarks um you know and originally I was kind of I was kind of sold on on getting the as soon as you could get 32 gig in the MacBook Pro I was kind of sold on that idea well that's what I'm going to do then I was going to get the, the the six core there is six core now isn't it on the, on the MacBook Pro
2: 6 core i9 with 32 gig of ram it's a bit of a beast you know so
1: that i thought right that is that is a that is a pro pc you know that that is a that is a powerful laptop without question so i started looking at some benchmarks and a lot of the benchmarks were sort of floating around in the video realm um so a lot of it was was sort of like uh look how quick we can render a film and still i was like well okay but what's happening with the audio side of things you know um <laughs> and uh so yeah I, I initially thought well you know sod it i'll scale down you know i'll get a macbook um, I, it can then be a bit of a hybrid. I will keep my screens. Then I thought, how the hell am I going to connect all the screens to it? And obviously, I've got. I mean, my my um desk that, that I, you know that that, that that runs all the audio is it runs off like FireWire eight hundred. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so and yeah, and that was the other thing as well is you know, um, legacy and and sort of Thunderbolt and a lot of the audio interfaces now are, are Thunderbolt. And of course, the you know the Cheese Grater Mac does not have Thunderbolt um so it was a case of i was looking to maybe upgrade hardware uh, you know but that was that i was then held back i needed a new mac if you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was really time it was time to do it and so so yeah so why did i buy you know the the 2013 uh cylinder mac pro i think i definitely didn't i was considering going down the windows route and uh as we had a, a discussion on twitter the, the, the other day you know it's interesting that i read a you know, there was, there was a poll that the, one of the Pro Tools blogs that I, that I kind of uh, um, read and contribute to put out probably about two, three years ago. And it was basically asking people, you know, are you a Mac or a PC? And I, I think like 89% was a Mac. And then they ran the same poll this year and it's like 89% Windows. Very interesting. Doesn't surprise me at all. So yeah, I did I did the benchmarks basically on, you know, I didn't really want to change the setup. I wasn't really, while the iMac Pro is incredible, you know, I didn't really have the sort of... I wouldn't get the baseline model because, like I said, if there's one thing, if there's any advice I give to anyone buying a computer, especially an Apple computer, it's just don't buy the entry model. No. Just don't do neither. it to yourself because, you know, a few years down the line, you're going to regret doing that. You, there's going to be something that, that, you know, just just spend the extra money, basically. But when we're talking about the iMac Pro, you know, while I don't think I'd max it out and go 18 cores, I didn't really have, like, eight and a half grand. Yeah, the... I've spent them so many times and the one I want always comes out just under seven grand. And that's just for a computer I can't upgrade makes me anxious. It does mate. It does. And it's, it's, it's a huge, I think, you know, for that sort of money, you know, I'd be looking for something that's going to keep me going for like 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm.
2: And that thing's not going to last more than five. I'd imagine.
1: Exactly that. So, so yeah. So, you know, I know the main question that that that's floating around everyone is I feel that apple did leave it far too late when it comes to professionals like we know that i mean that's almost that's why people have moved to windows it's it's understandable and that's why they basically i think that's what it is is they waited and waited and waited you know obviously if you're if you're the Hans zimmers of the world although Hans zimmer uses a pc um and you've got the money um go for it you know and, and i feel that you know, a, a side note to that: a lot of the reason they use PCs in Hollywood is is the customization of the touchscreens they use, and obviously Apple, up until the the recent kind of iPad Pros with the twelve point nine inch displays, you know, trying to get all those different buttons on a on a small nine point seven inch display just wasn't practical. So they that that's a lot of the reason they opted, I think, for for using Windows, um, and the and they got custom samplers that just seemed to work better, um. So I know all the Pro Tools rigs in remote control productions, which deals with pretty much all the sounds you hear in films in some way, are using um uh Macs, but a lot of the composition is is Cubase on Windows. Um but anyway, side note there. So I think if money's no object and you're you know, if you're if you're if you're constant if your pitches are constantly coming back successful and you're you're sort of doing okay, then um yeah, go for it and spend your eight grand and, and, and that computer will will keep you going and you won't have a problem. But if you were like me where you're kind of you know, project does well and you've got to wait a bit and you just haven't got eight grand, you know what I mean, to spend. Then from looking at the, the benchmarks, the tw- even though it's a 2013 computer, it still came out pretty damn good um, in terms of, you know, logic benchmarks and, and CPU processing. Um, you know, it's always been the thing, isn't it, when we were talking about kind of i7 or i9 in the case of the the Mac Pro kind of versus your, your Xeons. It's, you know, I think the, the MacBook Pro is probably quicker in terms of, like, general use and general application launch and things like that. But I still feel like the the Xeon processors, are, they're just, they're kind of, you know, they they can run longer, if you know what I mean. If you're thinking about it as a race, you know, the, the, the i9s and the i7s will probably potentially get there quicker, but the E5s will run steady-paced for absolutely years, if that makes sense.
2: For sure, and if you it's because like, the i9s are going to be turbo boosting, and then they can only reach that power for short periods of time before they get really hot and the computer throttles them anyway. So if you're doing short, ta- small, power-hungry tasks really quickly, great. But the Xeons are like server-grade processors. They're going to be constantly under load and maybe running at a slightly lower speed. Uh, but happy days if you're doing a lot of
1: consistent heavy work. Exactly that, and I mean, and that's this. So, I mean, I, I mean, you asked me the configuration. I, I went for a twelve core. Um, Going to say two point eight. Let me check. Two point seven. So, twelve core, two point seven. Um, e fives, sixty four gig at eighteen sixty six. So, again, slightly slower RAM when we're talking about RAM speed. Um, graphics card, I chose to go with. So, I noticed Apple it used to ship with a, with the D three hundred. Yeah, that's and sort of it... thing. Now it's D five hundred the standard. Yeah, in April seventeen, when they announced the new Mac Pro,
2: um, they basically did a little price a spec bump on the twenty thirteen one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's that's what I kind of ended up with, and and you know, so, so far I've kind of I don't feel like I've it's not really stopped on me. It's not really everything I've thrown at it so far. It's it's been able to kind of to keep up with. Um, you know that that was the other thing as well is is when it comes to kind of um. Multi, you know, it's like live streaming. You know, my YouTube channel. I was having serious grief with that. It just, it was struggling to run the session as it was. Then, if you started trying to then, like, you know, stream your screen, I mean, forget it. Um, I do feel like Apple, they, they need to put a lot of work into into Logic. They've abandoned it again, and its multi-threading um capabilities are not great. What, what it will kind of do is if you've got a bunch of tracks, and you put you're applying effects to each individual track it kind of almost it it kind of um merges those two tracks together and throws it onto one call. Mm. So what you end up with is you might have kind of like you know 20 cores or whatever or you know but you, it it bundles them onto one and it it, it absolutely like it absolutely <laughs> like <laughs> why does that not surprise me? <laughs> not even yeah it's like why have you done that you know so you end up having to basically create auxiliary tracks with all your effects and then you bust all the audio to that one track which has got all so your effects on it having a 10 core iMac pro <laughs> do you know get, what i'm trying to say it's, it, it's ridiculous mate so you could end up with an 18 core iMac, iMac pro but you're you're thrashing the hell out of that one core and then you're getting cpu overload errors and you're looking at your you're looking at your system usage bar and you're like what are you talking about what are all these other cores doing nothing
2: yeah it's it, it's undeniable apple lost their way with Professionals, I, I'm convinced they decided to abandon them. Simple, I think at one point in the yeah. last five years they decided we're we're out of the pro market, um, and then somewhat early 2017, prior to April 2017, they decided otherwise. And these things take a long time to make. Like when we had this discussion on Twitter about potentially moving to Windows, um, and I'm res- I'm reserving all judgment on Apple's current plan until I see this 2019 Mac Pro. But what we've seen so far, the Mac, the iMac Pro, the 2018 Mac Mini. It's all very promising that they genuinely have changed course, and that's Definitely. why I'm happy to defend them. But if this Mac Pro pops out of the pipeline and it's an absolute train wreck, then it's uh, it's just like... Uh, I don't I don't know how I'll react to it, but I'll probably sort of just semi-accept that the max days are numbered and we should all be moving to iPads as quick as possible. Um, but I am really confident that this Mac Pro is going to be very very attractive to professionals like i'm i'm 95 percent sure it's going to be what people want because
1: they are good at listening when you yell at them enough i think it's well you'd hope so and i think i think definitely you know I still love it when they when they unveiled the, the you know, the, the trash can or the cylinder Mac, you know, where it was a big, like, you know, what do you mean we've lost our innovation kind of thing? And... Yeah, me and Lex have said many times, we will buy
2: one of these when they get really cheap because they are awesome oh, absolutely computers. Everything about them.
1: Oh, they are, they are, I mean... They are, mate. They are. I mean, you, you'll go nuts if you came round here, Jack, because it's actually sitting behind one of my screens. It's not even on display. Oh, my God. What's wrong <laughs> with you? I've seen people with them on the floor. That's even worse. Literally, literally. Oh, that's horrendous. Literally, really bad. But no, I mean, it's quiet as hell. It doesn't make any sound whatsoever. Um, I haven't noticed any any heat issues i know that heat was a, a concern with them for some time um, that's why they
2: never updated them apparently any yeah. uh, any newer gpus that came out for them and cpus that they could have potentially put in just it would, it, the firmware architecture of that thing just wasn't good enough to ever have any revisions it, it's kind of amazing how they they invented this crazy product that at the time was really innovative but then one year later, they realised. Well, we made something that isn't sustainable at all, no. and never bothered yeah. updating it. And it took them what four years
1: to come out and say it. So yeah, yeah, it is. But but you know, I I still I still feel it. It does still sort of stand up, you know. And and that was the decision. I thought, well, if I buy this, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to last me at least five years, you know. And uh, you know, so I did it. I went I went and bought it. And and, and uh, like I say, so far I haven't I haven't sort of regretted that that decision. Um, And a lot of people, especially in my industry that I can see, if they're using a Mac, you know, a lot of them are using the the trash can now, Um, even in 2019. I can only really think, to be honest, off the top of my head, of maybe one, two people who who bought, you know, the the iMac Pro, and money is definitely not really an issue for them. Um, And they're kind of, I suppose, more musicians you know so you know like top violinists or top cellists they're not sitting there doing what i do and you know sort of knocking up a whole orchestral score um which you need huge amounts of processing power for um but it is it definitely is it definitely kind of did it did i wouldn't say concerned me but it definitely made me think wow like when i read when i saw that like 80 percent of people now using windows it's like really um you know and I, i think probably that is down to down to kind of um, uncertainty when it came to the Pro Mac lines, the amount of time it did take to kind of deliver it. And then, of course, just the price the price tag on it, you know, and it's kind of... I was really excited for the iMac Pro, and it, I still am, but it's that that is one thing that I suppose is kind of a concern for me moving forward and, and looking at the 2019 or the 2020, you know, Mac Pros is what the hell is it going to cost? You know, and is it a case of... Is it a case if you can perhaps, you know, start at, say, you know, say, three grand... You know, or two and a half grand, and then you can kind of build on it. You know, if that if that's the case, then then I, I can see that 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 being viable.
2: I'd imagine it its starting price will actually be cheaper than iMac Pro. I personally think that. I agree. I think con- when you configure it, it will end up a lot more expensive, especially when you throw in the separate Apple display. But I think the starting price will probably be nearer four thousand rather than five thousand.
1: Which yeah, which is yeah, which but it but then you know, like I say, if you can. If I say could start a four or five grand, and then I knew that that system, the core of that system, maybe would last me sort of 15 years and I could keep adding to it, then I think they're back in the game. Well, we've actually got a topic a
2: bit like
1: the last thing we'll
2: talk about today is a rumor about how this Mac Pro is going to turn out. And uh, it does sound like you'll very much be able to add to it over the years. Um, but we can. We can well, get you'll to that have that to, in, otherwise. You'll it'll be have useless. to add to it from day one, otherwise yeah. it'll be useless. Yeah um but yeah we'll we'll, we'll get on to that um so what are you looking forward to in the new in a new mac pro and what's well you've sort of answered it but just to summarize what what's important to you as someone who needs a mac pro
1: for apple to put into this product i think there definitely needs to be a little i mean i know you guys touched on it earlier but i, I do feel like there needs to be some separation definitely between you know not all of us are looking for a great display. That's that's for sure. You know, it, it, we definitely need to be a focus on power. So I think I think that's already been answered. The new Mac Pro, I doubt, is going to come with a display. Um, for some people starting out, that's probably going to be an issue. You know, oh Christ, I've got to spend four grand on a on a Mac, and now I need a display. That so that that could sway either way, I suppose, depending on your needs. But I think you know, for me, I definitely am a desk sitting workstation person, and I think that's really what what we're after you know it's we don't really want an all-in-one you know we we're used to looking at ridiculous amount of screens and big chunky you know hardware and instruments that look weird and whatever else it's not do you know what I mean it's it's the elegance of it is nice but it's not really essential to me um I mean like I say my trash can is sitting behind my screen um just because I've got nowhere else to put it (laughs) but um I think yeah, I think I think definitely the ability to a step back, I suppose, to the original um, cheese grater idea, where you know I invested that money and then I was able to make that machine last, you know, three four times its lifespan by being able to literally flick a switch and you know wh- whip a drive out and whip another one in, sort of thing. That's definitely important to me is that is to have some sort of upgradable option. You know you've gotta remember as well some people i mean okay, yeah, I suppose you've got the argument of the of the well I don't really get I don't really want to get started on the dongle thing because it drives me nuts, but you know um there was a time when you'd literally finish a project, take the hard drive out, and then put another hard drive in and start from scratch, so I suppose you could say that what with Thunderbolt and the ridiculous speeds we're getting up and down now is just a case of an external hard drive, so I don't so much mind i think that side of it is now kind of outdated there's there's nothing wrong in my eyes with plugging in a, a hard drive, working to it, taking it out, and archiving it. Um, or even clouding the files, you know, wherever you want to you want to deal with storage. But I think that is just something that's kind of like something that's that's really considering. You know, they seem to kind of be focused a lot on video. They definitely, definitely seem to be focused a lot on video. Um, you know even with the the macbook pros you know when they sort of demoed the touch bar there was nothing really in logic you know it was it was all sort of very much uh, i
2: think they are very much pushing final cut users
1: without question uh, and rather than logic users without question and and you know and like i say i'm i do use logic and i've written cues in logic but i'm probably am more of a pro tools user you know um but there are a lot of people out there who use logic and you know they're ahead of a lot of of what well, you know. It's not just music, right? It's you know people are people are podcasting now, people are streaming now, people are people are using audio, man. They they want they want to use a you know a digital audio workstation that's kind of cared about. So I feel that you know why am I having multi-thread issues? You know why are you not using all the all the threads correctly on the on the twenty-four? You know because obviously you've got twelve cores, but essentially you've got twenty-four, right? Multi-thread, like, multi-threading mm. and stuff. They've not. Yeah. It's a software thing as well that I think comes alongside the um, the Mac Pro. But yeah, I think, you know, keep in mind that, you know, we're desktop users. We, you know, all-in-ones don't really... I don't think they're really a, a massive appeal to people who are who are working on a pro level.
2: Yeah, no, all-in-ones have always... It's like when Steve Jobs returned to Apple and he simplified the lineup. He wanted a consumer desktop, a consumer notebook. Pro desktop, pro notebook. The pro desktop was a standalone. It was the PowerMatch G3. Um, And the consumer desktop was the iMac G3, an all-in-one. The all-in-one is brilliant for consumers. And the iMac Pro, as we discussed, I think, two weeks ago, um, was sort of born out of Apple's previous mindset on Pros. Um, It's a product that I, I remember talking to you about it and saying, oh, I assume we'll never get a Mac Pro again, but we'll probably get an iMac Pro. Before it was even rumoured, it just made sense to me. It was so obvious that's how they would do it. Like iPad Pro, they'd take an existing product and just make a Pro. I think probably towards the end of development, they maybe made it a little more powerful than it was originally going to be and more expensive, maybe around the time they decided to do an, a new Mac Pro, so they sort of had it as a stopgap for their new philosophy. But... Um, but I think the iMac Pro was an, a happy accident that was born out of Apple's previous mindset. Sure. Um, and the all-in-one should stay with consumers, but professionals need powerful boxes, and that's to me why the Mac Pro needs needs to exist. And hurry up as well.
1: Oh, I, I, I think I, I do think you agree. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that I think the really, if you are a video editor and that's your profession, you know, you're going to have screens <laughs> that you're used to, and you're going to have. Do you know what i mean it's it's not you know kind of almost it almost throws a curveball into the mix when you when you when you talk about an iMac because i want this power but i don't want to be charging charge this premium for this 5k display i kind of don't even want and it's going to look really weird on my desk with my other screens Do you know what i mean it's it's kind of from an aesthetic point of view you know the amount of times i see that an iMac and then you know two aces big old bevel things next to it you're like what was what's happening there um so i think the aesthetics behind it I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's happening with the the Thunderbolt display. I think it will come back. Yeah, It is coming back. That's going to, they're going to be expensive without question.
2: Yeah, they're going to be 6K apparently. So uh, not price, 6K resolution. 6K resolution, yeah.
1: So you're going to be up there and it's going to be an amazing display without question, but it's not one that I'd need. I think definitely a a longevity in the product, you know, something people can really believe in and they can see how, you know, this is going to be my main kind of system for X time. Um, and this is how my business is perhaps going to or my creative endeavors are perhaps going to go. And ca- how can I apply this system to all these different things? Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's kind of what's the life in it and, and what and what kind of what can I get from from it? So I think I think modular is, is perhaps the way to go. Yeah. But you've, you've still got that whole they can still price you out the market. That is definitely a thing now where it's a case of I just cannot afford that. So I'm not going to, I'm going to have to go for a cheaper alternative. Now, one thing I'd say when you're, when you're talking about Windows computers, they're getting expensive as well, you know, but you could still build an equivalent kind of, you know, say even an five. I could have built my Mac Pro now for, for way cheaper than what I paid for it. With the iMac Pro, obviously when we, when we specced it up before, it pretty much stays around about the same price. If not, if not, I think cheaper to buy it from Apple pre-built than building it yourself. Obviously depending, I guess, on the configuration you've chosen. But, um... It's exciting. I'm excited to see what they what they're going to do with it. And I haven't kind of I definitely wouldn't want to want to be someone who says that I'm kind of leaving Apple. That's not something that I ever would want to really say
2: in my eyes it would be the worst time right now to leave Apple you you survived yep. the wilderness years as far as That's I'm it, concerned just to stick
1: with it Just well I think from a consumer point uh, standpoint I always would have a Mac you know I, I love my watch and my HomePod and all the other things we, we've kind of briefly discussed in in this episode but I think you know professionally really once I'm kind of once I've started the computer up and I've launched Pro Tools or Cubase you're not really thinking about the system you're using at that point That it becomes about making the music or whatever you're doing so mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean if, if I can say myself sort of four grand and i just have to be frustrated by looking at a windows logo for 10 seconds a day yeah. um i probably would do it
0: there are worse things in the world
1: do you know what i mean yeah. do you know what i'm saying and i just keep you know i I, to be honest with you those those 2019 macbook airs i think they look amazing I, I yeah i'm quite impressed with them I, I could i could probably use one of them in just for day-to-day stuff or
0: an ipad pro or an iPad Pro. Um, yeah, echoing everything you said, um, as far as Mac Pro-wise, it's just the the key thing that it has to be or at least has to embody is modular modularity. You know, I mean, it was kind of, you know, it's why everyone loves the cheese grater so much, you know, and it was, say, the downfall. It was, you know, the missing... You know, element of of the of the trash can is again, you know, that uh, thermal throttling, which obviously stopped it being modular in a way. Um, and again, the reason why so many professionals are staying away from the iMac Pro is just that lack of modularity. You know, in five years' time, I can't whip this thing open, and you know, even sticking more RAM in one of those sure. things is not you know it isn't isn't a consumer thing that you can realistically do you know unless you know how to you know repair an iMac because you might break it um you know and that's what this next Mac Pro has to nail I think is modularity to give it that lifespan that it needs as a professional computer because they're not going to be cheap they're going to be expensive um but you know as I'm sure we'll get on to a minute it looks like that's where it's going which is you know all good news it is good news definitely it sounds like it is going to go modular,
2: and it's going to go modular in the most Apple way possible.
0: Modular more than anything. <laughs> more modular than anything has ever been before.
2: Modular in every sense of the word. So we'll get onto to that yeah. in just a moment. Well, firstly, th- thank you for doing the amazing, wonderful Mike segment. Mike, it was very nice to talk about something different uh, for a change, um, and someone who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to Mac Pros, rather than us just fanboying over them. Uh, because neither yeah. of us have actually owned... Well, actually that's not a lie. Lex does own a Mac
0: Pro. <laughs> I own one. It just may or may not work. I'm unaware. I was going to say, Lex is a cheese grater owner
1: now, mate.
2: <laughs> I have a semi-functioning Power Mac G4 tower, which I guess is a granddad iMac Pro. Uh, sorry, Mac <laughs> yeah. Pro. And I have the Cube, which works, but sounds like a Concorde taking off. So, uh, cause I mean, the best thing one. about
0: that Mac Pro that I've got is that when I picked it up, I was under the impression it was a Power Mac G5, and it was only when I yes. cracked it open and I was like, "Oh wait, no, hold on, this is a
1: 2008 Mac Pro." It's a five one. Yeah, <laughs> amazing.
2: Did you just call it a five one? Did you use yeah. the model identifier? That is yeah, I such did.
0: A nerd. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is goals. That is Apple nerd goals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a five one, mate. You know. <laughs>
0: It's like how Jack and I now have started instructing people on uh, um, in-store repairs on which uh, OS 10 to put on by using the actual identifiers rather than. I
2: do that to troll them. I do that to troll them.
0: <laughs> yeah, they'll never.
2: They'll ha- always have to check. <laughs> it, rather than be like erase and reinstall to El Cap, I'll be like 10. I'll be like 10.11. So only like weird legacy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. I love it. I would uh, I would say thanks for having me on. It's been good to to talk Apple and computers and Macs without question.
2: Uh, it's, it's really cool, man. All right, so let's just do a couple more topics to uh, finish off with. Uh, let's talk about the, how the Mac Pro 2019 might actually look. It sounds like it may use a stackable design. So the idea is you'll buy you may order the the Mac Pro with say the brain core, people are referring to it. So that'll probably have your your logic board, your CPU, and I'd imagine your RAM. Whether that will be accessible, like a Mac Mini, maybe you twist off the bottom and add more RAM, who knows. And you'll probably have a power supply core, I'd imagine. I doubt it can all get in the same, that can all get in the same box. It depends what sort of size we're talking about for this, we're really not sure. I'm kind of assuming it'll be a little bit bigger than a trash can, but not by much. It won't be cheese greater size, but it'll be. I'd imagine it'll be bigger than a trash can, but not by much.
0: Just to avoid like thermal issues, they've been down that road before. Yeah,
2: yeah. I remember them boasting about how small it was, and look how that turned out. Ah uh, yes. Ah uh, yes. So it sounds like you'll buy more of these cores as and when you need them. So say you're working with lots of GPU intensive programs, you'll buy a couple of GPU cores. If you uh, if you care about storage, you might buy storage cores. Um and it will stack these devices will stack on top of each other and you will be able to customize your Mac Pro in typical Apple fashion. You won't be able to get inside there and start pulling graphics cards in and out, but you will be able to upgrade it. And I kinda of think of this, well, it, it's supposedly gonna be using this Apple connector, maybe sort of inductive magnetic to connect them all up. I kinda of think of this like Apple Watch straps <laughs> for a few generations, they'll probably keep it the same. But eventually, I bet one day they'll unveil a new one that has a slightly different connector. We all know it's coming with the Apple Watch. It hasn't happened yet, but let's be real. Series 6 or 7, maybe, will sooner or later have a different band design. And we'll have to start again. Like, I wish I was, I wish I was wrong, but I'm not. It's going to happen. Every time there's a new one, I'm always like, is it going to keep the same one? It survived the Series 4 redesign, so we're probably good for a few years. But it's going to happen. Um... But yeah, I'd imagine this is this is how this is gonna work, but the question is this connector must have crazy bandwidth if it's gonna do this. We were sort of speculating what if you have to run like thunderbolt cables between the cores, which isn't very nice. I'm assuming Apple would wanna get it get it just down to this one connector that's sort of underneath each core they stack on top of each other, or maybe it'll have like four connectors per core. It's really interesting and I could see this happening. The fact that this rumor has come out at all, if they were working on a box that you could upgrade, I don't think this would get anywhere. This sounds kinda legit to me in a weird way and it would also explain why it's taken them so long because there is also a rumor saying that while it will be unveiled this year, it won't meet their self-imposed 2019 deadline. It will be early 2020. Which, as long as it gets unfailed this year, I'm fine with.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone has waited this long for, uh, you know, if it, yeah, it that as long as we know what's coming and that it is coming, I think that it will be fine.
1: I think it's interesting, though, because a bunch of stuff's been uh, going around my brain whilst basically sort of, A, reading the article, uh, and B, kind of hearing you speak about it, Jack. But it's it's kind of, you know, in the way that we almost... We've used software now, where you know it's gone to almost like a subscription model, where we we rent software for a period of time. So then we don't pay for it when we don't use it. You know, what about subscription hardware, where it's almost like you 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 pay your your outlay four grand, say, for your kind of baseline system, and then like you say, you know, you get a project in that's and you're like, right, this is going to be seriously intensive. So you almost kind of, well, dare I say, rent the modules.
2: It's possible. It's not unrealistic to think that you wouldn't rent them from Apple, but companies would start up that would make. Who wants to
1: start a company.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that should come under Droplet conglomerate. There we go. uh,
2: I mean, it's this will make people unhappy, guaranteed. There will be people that make a fuss about this. But if the days of Apple releasing boxes you can upgrade are over. This is the best way they could do this, and I think if we all take a st- if this happens, if we all take a step back and look at this rationally, as long as it's not ridiculously expensive, which it will be, but as long as it's not Touch Bar MacBook Pro ridiculously expensive, I think this could be a good solution. I genuinely do think this might be a good idea.
0: I think this is the best plausible uh, sort of solution that Apple would genuinely consider. Like, you're right. The days of whipping the side off of your cheese grater Mac Pro and stuffing in a new GPU... That's gone. We're not getting that back, and that's fine.
2: The compatibility issues with OS, Mac OS, is just ugh. It just wouldn't happen yeah, nowadays. Imagine taking it to a store with a warranty issue, but that Nvidia GPU uh, you've got in there—it's yeah. it's just not something that would happen
0: in anymore. this day and age, and the way that the industry is going, it's just it just wouldn't happen. Um, but you're right. This is this is totally the best way to do it, um, or at least the best the best way that I can genuinely actually see them, you know, implementing. Um, and it would be really cool, you know, say, you know, if you do, you know, need more in the future, you know, you need a better GPU or whatever.
2: Or if your use entirely changes. Yeah, yeah,
0: entirely. You know, <laughs> It's if you, really cool. If, if you're like a, you know, a, a low level, you know, video editor, but then start doing VR stuff where you need a crazy GPU for it, just... Get one, and you can plug it in, and away you go. You know, I th- and and again, you know, if you then decide that you need to upgrade your brain core because you need more cores or something like that, um, you can do that, and it doesn't mean you have to replace the whole computer.
2: Or in two years' time, they release a
0: new one. Yeah, exactly, and you know. You're right, you know, there will come to a time where, you know, maybe it's because of, you know, bandwidth and proprietary connectors, which they are, you know, supposedly going to have on here, that it simply won't fit and won't plug in and won't work with your old brain core. So you've then got to, you know, upgrade the brain core. But, you know, that's a lot better than having to buy a whole new
1: computer, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree.
2: I'd kind of imagine that the brain core will be the most expensive, not necessarily because of what it contains, but that will be your sort of new computer,
0: Yes, but it, it's your it's your starting block for sure.
2: So if you want to upgrade your brain core, they're gonna tax you for effectively buying a new computer. Yeah. But having said that, if this system supports like multi CPU, like the old Mac Pros did, what's to stop people buying lots of these brain cores? Maybe there will be a starting brain core with, say, like I said, the power supply and the RAM in it, and then there will be additional CPU
1: cores that are slightly that are more accordingly priced
0: totally yeah
1: I think that makes sense to me though because it's definitely even if I look at if even if I look at project to project stuff so you know if I'm doing like a, if I'm recording a band there's, uh, you could do that on a MacBook you know if, if I'm kind of if I'm doing a fully fledged film score wow we need loads of power you know, if you're doing, like, a podcast edit, you don't need... Do you know what I mean? I'm, I- huh, try
0: telling that to Jack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got to do it on the, the top-end computer, yeah?
2: You know, he's
0: buying one of these, right?
2: I am hope, hope hoping to buy one of these and it would be used for podcast editing and, yeah, primarily nowadays podcast editing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you, but, it, but I feel like it's a case of, like, you know, if, if you're... I could literally look at a project and I'd know what sort of computer I'd need to do it. So I suppose, it's, you know, to me, there's got to be some sort of flexible way of 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 obtaining these modules you know i I suppose you i honestly think you know given they've got the whole you know iphone upgrade program and and whatever else why not just have like almost like a returnable mac pro imagine
0: that would be a very cool system that would be yeah i'd be on board for that
1: i think people go for it they they'd build it into their their project budgets as well they'd say you know computing you know that we're going to need these we're going to need this system kind of thing and you, you just build it into your into your into your estimate your quote basically for the work you're doing imagine that like setting in your your invoice for materials and it includes like a
0: like a <laughs> like a crazy mac pro GPU 18 calls. core or some rubbish <laughs>
1: like, you know maybe I'm talking absolute rubbish expenses. but you know I I, yeah. I I think it could be a thing I really think you know you you could well, okay, for this project, I don't need, you know, so you've got your baseline, which could maybe be like a 12 core, you know, and then if you've got something that's going to extend, you know, go above that, then you just you just plug in more cores, basically, for that that particular project. But the main issue I can see, again, coming back to, obviously, we're talking heavily about hardware, is how is the software going to react to this? How is it?
2: Well, you can rest, like, I I would imagine that Apple have, are going to do some crazy stuff in macOS 10.15, Dean's next year, right? Mahavi's fourteen. Yeah, um, I don't know why I can't remember that for a minute. This year, uh, but yeah, sorry, this year. Um, I'd imagine they've done some craziness to it um, to allow for this sort of uh, this swapping of of drives. Uh, oh, dub
0: dub's going to be fun.
2: Look, I, I'm really, I like this idea a lot. Um, I think either we're gonna get. A slightly smaller cheese grater style thing, or this, and I think this is more likely. And it's interesting to hear your opinion, Mike, on it because you can sort of put it into a perspective that's less that you analyze it when applying it to a
0: a real use case, whereas an like, actual working context. Yeah, that's it. Just kind of arbitrary talking about the pros and cons of <laughs> Mac Pro.
1: It's just I just I, I can just I can just see that that being a thing. If you've got that option, those options. If that is literally an option of. Well, you know, there's all these different configurations, and it's modular. Surely that is just the the, the logical conversation that someone's going to come at it. You, you know, would if
2: you if, if you if you weren't worried about cost, and if, if you were looking to upgrade your uh, your trash can, say in another two years or so, say, um, would you be happy buying one of these? That kind of idea.
1: I'd do it in a transitional. So. Without talking about software, that's completely unrelated to this. I kind of touched on it with the whole multi PC music and sort of you know music over LAN, if you like. So the the cheese grater replaced the Mac Mini, so I sold the Mac Mini, um, and now the the cheese grater kind of runs a bit of my video and and does sort of legacy sample libraries. So I still use that that um that configuration of hosting samples on other machines, basically. So while the while the while the Mac Pro um the the, the cylinder in you know, the trash can does the does the majority of it i still use that system because i've got it and why not so for me it would be a case of that yeah if i could in say 5 years or maybe even sooner um if i could get like a a baseline you know like the, the brain as we're calling it the brain uh, machine you know i potentially wouldn't have to start really high end you know i could i could probably do you know like a 12 core 128 gig or something you know, that would be the kind of base that I'd go for. And then I'd then use the, the trash can would then become the um cheese grater, if that makes sense. So I'd probably get rid of the trash can and then the other Mac would I think I'd always have like a an older Mac running legacy stuff, but it, it would just kind of get upgraded as I as I go on and that would then give me the leeway to kind of keep upgrading the modular system as I needed to go. And probably at that stage I would phase out the whole two machine sort of setup if that makes sense, so I'd do it slowly. So, I mean, what I think you should do is instead of doing any of that, just
0: add this new Mac Pro and then and then run a setup with three generations of Mac Pro all doing their own Christ thing. I see. I mean, you've already got two going at the same time. Why not have <laughs> all
2: three? You mentioned your Mac Mini, and I've, I've kind of just popped into my head. That if, this, if this brain core is the starting config, what's the difference? In fact, isn't it just a really
0: powerful Mac Mini at that point,
2: if you don't stack anything on top of it.
0: I get you, and this is why they this is why they should have rebranded the Mac Mini as just a Mac. They should have done it. It should have just been called Mac, and that's it. And then this Mac Pro is just simply a powerful Mac, not a powerful Mac Mini, you know?
2: It, you never know. It could happen. This could launch alongside, say, a 2019 update to the Mac Mini, where it gets rebranded as Mac. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. No, it would be cool.
1: But what are they going to do about calling? How is this going to
2: Oh, God, <laughs> it's a very good point. I'd imagine, well, each each core would have to have its own cooling system.
0: So you imagine, because obviously if, yeah, you're right, they would have to, because depending on, like, which order you stacked your cores, you could potentially, like, run into throttling issues purely because of the way you've stacked them.
2: If you have a powerful GPU core, it would have a lot of fans in it. If you have, like, a uh, a lower GPU core, maybe one fan. It, it would have to be based on what's in the core.
0: Yeah, totally. I want like all my cores like just sort of mounted on the wall or something, just so I can have them as a display. That'd be nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's what you're going for, mate, yeah. yeah. Just a, a wall I think display. So. I love a wall it. Display. I love it. Brilliant. No, I think I do think I do think I'd need to see it and I'd need to kind of think about it. But I don't think it's when you when you're talking about these modular systems to me that would be, that would be kind of a pro part of it is that I could choose to upgrade what I want, but I'd also kind of yeah. want to downgrade when I want. And that maybe that's me being an absolutely overly picky, like, do you know what I mean? Um, But that to me makes sense. You know, if they're trying to be all eco friendly and look how we can recycle things, you know, so easily with all these things, well, why can't you do that for me then? I'll rent it for seven months and then you just, you know, melt it down and recreate it again you know, no carbon footprint or whatever, or very minimal.
0: So yeah, I can totally see like uh, your idea of, you know, I can see a third party company sort of buying a bunch of these and renting them out because that you're right. That is if this system is so intrinsically modular, it is kind of, as you said earlier, it's, it's the next logical conversation to have. If they're so modular, we'll take advantage of that. That's know? right. And Obviously That's not right. everyone needs that power at the same time, but I can't see Apple doing it.
2: You watch something, I don't know how they'll do it, but somehow they'll make that as awkward as possible
0: for you, that you can't just go random. It may even be a case that every time you detach... They'll all have, like, one serial number, and they'll be, like, tied to a serial number or something. Like, the brain call will have the serial number. Or not even as destructive as that.
2: Maybe something along the lines of every time you disconnect one without reconnecting it it needs some kind of firmware restore or something. Oh, i don't know oh
0: god yeah you need to like <laughs> I'll don't, i doubt problems drive. there
2: i doubt it would be as destructive as once you pair it to a brain it per- that that hardware is permanently bra- paired to it i don't think it would be that ridiculous but no. i could see them doing some kind of funky magic where look if you start disconnecting the adding them will be as seamless as possible you watch, it will just be on hey look you've now got two gpus but removing them i guarantee they'll make it difficult
1: but then you've got to look at it as well in the case of like you know i can't see i think it would take a while for this sort of tech to to become adopted in the creative world because you've you know, one problem I encountered when I, because basically I'm lazy, and when I set up my, my cylinder, I just use Time Machine as opposed to basically sitting there for like two months reinstalling everything.
2: I know when I finally upgrade, I'm going to take the opportunity to. It's painful, but I'm not going to use Time Machine because there's so much junk on here.
0: I know, it's, time it, machine it is. It is a, brilliant it, unless it, you actually like n- use it's your a, computer in any meaningful way.
1: <laughs> it is a bit. It, to, to be fair, it worked all right. It worked all right because I keep, I keep my systems pretty pretty clear but it, i think the pr- first problem i had when i did that was some software was like i don't recognize this computer anymore you need a new serial number <laughs> yeah. contacted contact the um as soon as you actually change a bit of a bit of hardware some software will literally kick you out i think sometimes just download
2: i'm definitely gonna make myself obviously things like itunes library and photos library and stuff like that it's gonna have to come across on the hard drive for sure but i'm gonna make myself really take because this thing's six years old now um uh, it, it's <laughs> it shipped a mountain lion the amount of trash that must be in the background here I've updated it every year <laughs> yeah. oh Jesus has that
0: thing ever been Eonard? no have you ever wiped it? no
2: no no never it's always had so it's shipped with 10.8 and it's now on 10.14 and it's still going like a kitten uh, it's so much nicer on Mojave Dutch wood or something you are sitting in front of a vintage computer there but it's always been backed up having said that my Lacey drive is making horrible noises recently oh, horrible noises noises no hard drive should make so i'm thinking of buying a new one and just just like look it's Have you seen two. they've brought
0: out new ones new designs yeah
2: mm, i did see them they are nice um let's not rabbit hole on those though uh let's end the show with a cute topic i think it's cute but i'm a nerd so a few weeks ago um, a report came out explaining why the Mac Pro 2013, Mike's Mac Pro, was delayed. I don't know why this came out, but we now know why the 2013 Mac Pro was delayed. Um, apparently, it was a shortage of screws. Uh, so, if-
1: <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
2: The launch was postponed due to... Uh, so, it was announced in June... And then June twenty thirteen, and then it launched in December twenty thirteen. And apparently, it was because there weren't the the as we were talking about the Mac Pro twenty thirteen is the only Apple product, and it was a big thing at the time that is manufactured in the USA. It's made in Austin, I believe. Um, And apparently, they couldn't they could only produce about a thousand screws a day at one point. uh, What was it? The owner of the company often made one-hour drive himself in this Lexus f- with boxes of screws uh, because they couldn't get them out fast enough. And that's why since then we've had no products made in the USA and it's unlikely they will happen again. I just thought this was a – it's interesting, I guess, but more than anything, why has this re- – why Why now? What was – what?
1: what? <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, literally – I like yeah yeah I like this as well you know um in short American workers are typically more expensive and unwilling to work around the clock.
2: <laughs> let's abuse let's abuse people in China because they don't argue back basically
1: and they got loads of screws.
0: What is wrong with the world?
1: Right, um, Trump
0: doesn't like uh you know our good friend Tim Cook great deal maybe this sort you, of stuff. You mean Lee Tim Apple? Be like yeah no, Tim Apple. You mean <laughs> yeah, Tim Tim Apple. Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple, um, Mr. Apple, Mr. T. Apple. Um, Did you see how Tim Cook
2: responded to that?
1: I haven't, no. Didn't he change his Twitter?
2: He's changed his Twitter, yeah. So Trump accidentally called him Tim Apple, and Tim Cook's changed his Twitter name to Tim Apple logo. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I
0: love him. It's funny.
2: I love him. He's really funny.
0: Yeah, but I just uh, sort of subtly dropped this article as to be like, yeah, no, we're not uh, bringing production back here, Sorry you guys can't make enough
1: screws.
2: That's effectively what's happened, and I guarantee that the 2019 Mac Pro will be made in China.
1: Yes. So it was down to screws, and they couldn't just say that.
2: If anyone can find me an iPhone SE that says, designed by Apple in California, assembled in India on the back, I will pay for it. Because <laughs> a few of them were, and that's the only other place I could imagine the Mac Pro being made is India. So, uh... I think that, that does it for our Mac Pro extravaganza. We've got it out our system. When will we next be talking about the Mac Pro? Probably in any detail when it's unveiled. Hopefully at WWDC. I really hope. Oh, I I'm want sure to see we'll have
0: now. more reason to talk about it before then. We'll find a reason.
1: I think it's all, well. I talk about it every day, but yeah, <laughs> I talk about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have one. Maybe we could do a, like a we could do a, like a follow up a follow up Mac Pro after WWDC.
2: Oh, when it's unveiled, you will definitely be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is no way we won't have you on. We need someone who can actually talk sense about Mac Pros rather than us just ramble.
0: See, we can call this episode "Mike Pro" as I discussed earlier with Mike, <laughs> and then Mike the next episode can be like "Mike Pro Second Gen,"
2: "Mike Pro Second Gen," or or mid twenty
0: nineteen, yes, or early early twenty nineteen Mike Pro. And then late 2019 Mic Pro <laughs> with model identifiers too. So one one and one so two. So this, this, this is Mic
2: Pro early 2019. <laughs> this is going to be a
1: thing, isn't it? I can see this being a thing.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much for coming on. And
0: we will have you back in the
2: future. No and worries. This worked so well. I no really worries, hope guys? we do get other guests on at some point as well. But I don't know anyone really.
0: Yeah, I don't really know anyone who would put up with us and have anything interesting to say.
2: Like you have done so, so thank you very much. And as I say, we will get, we'll thank get you, you on.
1: For having me, mate. Genuinely, I've enjoyed it, mate. It's been, it's been good, and it's been good to kind of, um, you know, keep up with what's happening in the uh, in the Apple world and actually have a, you know, a proper real life conversation with it. You know, um, for a long period of time instead of just a series of tweets.
2: Well, if you if you ever want to come on without us inviting you, just hit me up and we can squeeze you on, no problem, because it it does break up the uh the the fortnightly schedule quite nicely to have a guest ever so it often it does so just if you just want to chat about Apple hit us up
1: oh, you're the guys yeah you're the guys for it, it will ruin our naming scheme though
2: it will but we'll we'll deal with that um, so to our listeners out there thank you very much for listening to this episode if you want to get in touch with the show directly you can send us an email using podcast at blueincode.com. if you want to find the show notes for this week or any other links to things we may have referenced in the show you can find them at blueinkcode.com forward slash T-B-I-S forward slash 11 or you should be able to see them in your podcast player especially if you're using Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Pocket Casts should all still be in there um, I've been Jack Taylor and I write blueinkcode.com you can also find me on Instagram or Twitter as at a Jack Taylor as always I've been joined by the lovely Lex McCohen and you
1: can find him on Instagram as at a McCohen. Mike where can people find you They can find me, I suppose, my website links to the various weird and wonderful things that I do in the world. So that's michaelwbell.co.uk and then Instagram and Twitter is mwbellmusic. So yeah, um, if anyone wants to continue conversations on any of them, I'll be there.
2: I'll put links to your uh, website and your Twitter in the show notes as well. Um, So that's that and we will see you, me and Lex will, we will see you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye Bye-bye.